This is Jordan Grace, and you're listening to the Social Suplex Podcast Network. BWB, this is One Nation Radio. You better get it right. Rich Ladder, James Boyd came to give him life. The blackest wrestling podcast has come to kick all ass and drop it six feet if they kick it trash. Word, let me welcome y'all to something different. And if you dig it, man, you should let some friends listen. We be getting it in this on the regular, dude. Ravish and flow, but this shit rule. See, James don't rap, so I had to break it down. The whole network, man, we coming for the crown. Raps in the columns, I keep them both covered Making the beats too, so the listeners can bump it Hit us with the rating, yeah, I'm saying it's a five Before you hit it, talk, bob your head side to side It's One Nation Radio, and this is the beginning It's Rich, and I'm here with James It's time to listen to One Nation This is Mike Sempervivi from WrestlingObserver.com Check me out on Wrestling Observer Live every day And also check out your boys, Rich and James, on One Nation Radio Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of One Nation Radio. I'm James Boyd, and here with me I have Rich Lotto. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just, um, you know, ready for the, the week that lays ahead in my life. And also, uh, you know, NBA Finals going on. And uh, just kind of mentally preparing for um, both of those uh, things to play out. Yeah, for those that do not know, um, which will probably be all of you because we don't ever tell y'all shit, um, Rich is getting married this weekend. He's getting married on Saturday. Um, This is a wedding that has had postponements multiple times due to uh, COVID. Uh, If I remember correctly, the first date was June 22nd. It was June 20th. June 20th, close. And then it was moved to October 24th. 24th, yep. And then y'all said, forget all that. We're just going to do it. We're going to do it live. So y'all decided to move it to uh, October 10th. Um, Yeah, man. Uh, It's been a wild ride, ain't it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know. Thinking about it, it's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been together since 2012. Yeah, yeah. So, I wasn't talking about Water Ride as far as you and you and Catherine. I wasn't saying that. I meant as far as like the from. I, obviously, I didn't. I only I only picked up where you, wherever whatever on the road where I wherever you I met you right. So this 2000. Uh, so this 2000. Uh, 16, 2007, no, 2006, 2007, right? I mean, as far as Wild Rod, as far as, like, from the time that oh. I've known you until now you're getting married, the the growth is, is just amazing. It's, it's been, immeasurable. <laughs> immeasurable growth. Yes. You know. this, <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, I was a wild, wild young man at, yes. at a certain time, and, um, you know, anybody got any tips, uh, you know, shoot them my way. Yeah, um, so I'm not really gonna say too much more than that before we fuck around and incriminate somebody or whatever else. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just so what I'm just saying. It, it's a lot of growth. A lot of growth. Hey, hey, uh, I, I put in my work. You know, I have my time. You know, jersey hanging. You know, a legend in in, in these streets. I might add. 
Oh, man. Okay, so... <laughs> I don't even know where to go from there. Uh, Lakers! Uh, Lakers up 2-1 in the series. Um, up, in my opinion, up pretty comfortably 2-1 in the series. Um... I, you know, I still, before the series, I thought this was um, Lakers in six. To me, it's kind of looking like Lakers in five, given the injuries sustained by Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic. Um, do you, do you, I mean, I feel like y'all in the driver's seat, you have firm control. It's just whether or not y'all going to play hard to finish this out because the Heat are going to play hard. So do you want to make these games dramaless or are you going to be nail biters until the end? Um, do you feel any different in this series now that they won game three? The Heat? Uh, feel, feels like the Heat are going to try to use the like early 2000s, late 90s tactic. They're like, all right, we're going to put the ball in one guy's hands, right? And then we're going to tell him, go to the rim and get fouled or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're going to live with it from there. And sound strategy, especially if you can uh, get, um, you know, Anthony Davis in foul trouble. So, I mean, I think first I want to I want to talk about Jimmy Butler. Why? Okay. I love this oh. guy. <laughs> I think he's um a phenomenal player. I think he represents everything that feels right about the NBA. Like as far as like you want people to be competitors and. Uh, you know, and show up every day and work hard every day. And, you know, people will call him difficult or anything like that. But that guy is always like, he's from a tough background and he don't take no shit and he balls flat out. Like this man put up a stat line and a win that has never been done before. Literally one of the greatest man win all time. Yeah, it was a 40-point triple. I don't think it's ever happened in the finals. I think the closest thing is, like, um, what, Magic uh, at the end of the 80 finals? Right. Uh. Yeah, it was just like, I was in awe watching him at the end of that game. Because it was just like, fuck, going beyond, you know, being a Laker fan. I'm just like, this guy's incredible. But eventually i think their injuries will come back to um to get them uh, kelly olenic has given them lots of solid action solid points um you, yeah. you could have never really predicted that but uh, i guess he well, is they're a playing um, zone he's a different look you know for yeah. uh, for them rather you know because he can make a shot so yeah. um it's basically uh, like what they did with jimmy butler um, last night was what like the Cavs were doing with LeBron and the, the second run with the Cavs with LeBron. Mm-hmm. Space the floor with shooters, find a mismatch at different points, but really you have your best player and he's going to the rim to isolate because he has all the space in the world to get there at times. And if you double, the shot's going to an open shooter. And they got the shooters to make you pay. Like That's kind of what they did. And the problem with the Lakers um... There are some remedies to that, but given what the Lakers want to do on defense, they they rarely want to you know just do it. Um, as far as saying like, all right, man, just put Anthony Davis on him. Well, you can't do that if he's in foul trouble. Um, all right, well then take Dwight Howard on the floor. Well, they don't want to do that because they want to stay big because it's so easy for Dwight for Anthony Davis to get pulled away from the rim. So they want to have two bigs or basically. 
rim protection plus LeBron to come swarming from off the off the weak side defensively. So that messes them up as far as what they want to do defensively because they want to stay big. So they have some choices they are going to have to make, and like Jimmy Butler has forced that upon them, which is uh, good for him because this is a dude that you know. Um, not somebody that I think will be remembered of uh, and kept in the history of t- of time like 20 years from now, but somebody that like in that in this time frame was like this was a dude that was one of at the time when he's healthy, one of the 2015, 12 best players in the league, and played this and always played super duper hard. So like I'm glad he had that moment. Um, I think that you know that's going to be there for him in these type of lineups with Olenek out there when they space the floor. Um, and, you know, given what he was up against, given the, you know, the injuries that you mentioned, like, that was absolutely needed. And he showed up in a way that, like, a lot of these guys in these big moments in the playoffs we've seen this year oh. <laughs> just did not show the fuck up when it was absolutely called upon him. So, like, you know, big shout-outs to him because, you know, I, I guess, like, you know, they don't make him like they used to. <laughs> Yeah, definitely Jim, Jim Butler personifies uh, that, you know. Yeah. That man's got um, mama mentality written all over him um, with, you know, yes, a Kate, little harder well, background. Is that – is that uh, okay, so how much of it is mama mentality and how much is that can't go back? Because he's an absolute right. can't go back Look, Hall of Famer. They're, they're two distinct – you know, they're two distinct philosophies. I think – they're you distinct know, loss, but it is a lot. It's still on the output. It still comes together, though. It right. comes together pretty well, as far as this being a psycho, a psychopathic, you know, basketball nerd, and being like, if I don't play as hard as I can, I might have to go back to my environment that I played my ass off to have to 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 get away from. So yeah, like. It's different, it, like it's different starting points, but it tends to like lead towards the same path, down the same path at, at certain points. Yeah, um, I, I still think the Lakers are uh, in control. However, like I said last week, I never thought it would be no sweep. Yeah, I'll make the sweep jokes and all that, mm-hmm. but I look at this as a tough team. Right. Um, that was a late end. Well, yeah, I, I looked at it as like, all right, anybody could get hot from three. Like, and these guys can get plenty hot. They have Jimmy Butler who can steal a game. Maybe we'll see if he can steal another one. Right. Um, and I think at this point, if you lose people, right, it's it's almost it's like next man up. It's like, who you got? So, and, and what can this person do? And then maybe that person's not being game planned for. So, yeah, it's like some survival shit. So, um, I'd be shocked if the Lakers lost, but I, I saw a couple of things last night that was just like, I didn't like. Uh, but that isn't who largely they've been. So I have no reason to really like think that uh, that's going to continue. Uh, LeBron's got to take care of the ball, I think, more than he turned the ball over eight times. Uh, yeah, the whole him, Anthony Davis, and Rondo seemed to just turn the ball over whenever they had it a lot. Um, it was weird. Um, and like you, and you know, we we got to make sure AD stays on the floor. You know, yeah, to direct don't, don't, no super fouls. You know, you know, I know that the league needs LeBron to get the Finals MVP, so they're gonna you know kneecap AD a little bit. But you know, we, we, you got to persevere beyond that. Yeah, you know? the, the the league is making him like get charges. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um. I think Danny Green might be shot. Um, hmm. 
<laughs> well, he got hurt at the end of game two and then came back later and played through it. And then, you know, like later in the game, I think he would like over or he just didn't make shots. I think he made one basket the whole game. And then like they pretty much in the second half took him out um, in favor of playing more people or other people that would just miss shots. So it, just, it, just, it didn't really matter. It's all anybody that wasn't AD or uh, LeBron just weren't making shots in, this, in that game but um, yeah I wonder I wonder what they do when they get Bam on like I don't think he's going to come back and play his starter minutes even though his win shouldn't be bad because it was a shoulder injury he should be able to you know still work out and keep his wind but I think they're, they found something in you know having Olenek and Myers Leonard out there to space the floor for to get, create more room for um, Jimmy, um, like if you put Bam back out there and they're already playing all those, like you put Bam out there, you got you're gonna in theory is to play man defense, but if your only real hope is to play zone, and you and got to do this, you got them. right, and you got all this, and like if you put Bam in on offense, all he's gonna do is like you know he becomes a dude that can facilitate, but. He's not as scary as having another shooter out of there, out there with Jimmy doing most of the work, as opposed to him being like a you know, um, fifteen foot and in guy. They got you know they got some choices to make. Like obviously, I'm not saying they're better without Bam, because of course, fucking not. Like you know, you can use him to actually like you know do something to Anthony Davis, but um, it is going to become a balancing act if and when he comes back. Yeah. As far as making um, a competitive series, I still think the Lakers are going to win. They still have more answers and a uh, larger margin for error for mistakes, but you know, um it's, it's still to me it's looking I like it's five trust, instead of six. I don't I don't trust our three point shooting at all. Well um, those, yeah. those nights like game one are a fucking anomaly. Well um, the fir- that first half. That first yeah. half. So that can go ice cold at any time and then if A D doesn't dominate we can be had. So like Well, I don't we'll know see. about do- I don't know about if he dominates if he had. Like I just like can he play eleven can he play more than eleven minutes and a half? <laughs> like if he doesn't get in foul trouble and takes him out of his out of the game and he's, you know if he gets his touches, I still think the Lakers win that game. I mean they got the shit tied at the end and then ran out of gas. Um it it just comes down to me it's just like don't turn over the ball and can and can you keep the heat from keeping the rebound advantage close? Because if you kill them on the boards with your size, they're never gonna win. And like I think the Lake, I think they kept within like five rebounds of them last night. So that's a big thing. Like take care of the ball, go get the ball, try harder. They better not lose. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> but that's another thing. Um, also to mention is like because. I don't know the schedule. What what, what do the Heat have to lose? Oh, absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say to you because I don't know what the what the situation is for next week as far as uh, a show going up or whatever else. But this potentially now that there's going to Game Five, that means that Game Five potential Game Five would be Sunday, um, which means we probably do the show on Monday, which means there's a chance that. Rich Law is going to be doing a lot of shit talking come Monday, <laughs> potentially. <laughs> so I don't know how that's going to go. I don't know what well, the rollout is. Town, I'll be out of town um, 
Saturday, Sunday. I may be coming back Monday. I'm not sure yet. Okay. So I may, may not be able to guess host. Submit. Correct. Thank you. Thanks so for telling you, me. You, you, Thanks for telling me. On air. Thanks. Um, appreciate it. But uh, you know, we'll see. I, 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 I you know, the, the Lakers win, win, win the belt. You know, y'all Celtics fans got to hear it. <laughs> y'all got to hear it, bro. <laughs> Uh, okay, so um, so I think what else is there to talk about before we get to wrestling? Shit, Anything I might else? had to prepare. I might had to prepare a rant for Lebertard himself. Oh god, you know, yeah. might had to send it back out to him. You know, <laughs> um, kill you with your own shit. Wow. Uh, I'm trying to think. So, is, is there something else we're forgetting, or we go to wrestling now? Bob Gibson died. Oh yeah, that's right. Bob Gibson, legendary picture pitcher um, in the 60s for the St. Louis Cardinals, passed away, I think he was 84, um, yeah. last week. Um, Bob Gibson holds a weird space in baseball and also as a um, Hall of Fame pitcher as a black man in the 60s like he if you think of, when you think of non-football players major sports figures in America that are black um let's say the last oh no since the 60s since the 50s even that didn't play football how many of these how many of uh the legendary people get the first thing you think of is just pure toughness where white people will come out the woodwork to talk about how tough this black person is. <laughs> um, it's, it's a rare phenomenon. Um, but the first person that comes to mind with white people going, come out the woodwork to talk about how tough this black person was, Bob that didn't play football is Bob Gibson. He's like the first one. Um, obviously you get Jordan because they ascribe every, you know, thing to Michael Jordan, right? Mentally tough here, you know, just, 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 you know, but, um, the thing about, um, coming out of Nebraska, living there, making it to the majors and to have this rep that you don't want to do anything to piss off This second-class citizen because he will throw a baseball at your head, <laughs> and there's no repercussion for this black man whatsoever because he was down for it because he will fight you and put no paws on you. It's it's a it's a real special it's a real 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 special um type of you know no back down that comes around once every few generations. He is the one in one hundred in the words of Hiroshi Tanahashi. Um, yeah. I think the last story I, I, I've heard about him um, actually recounted it about uh, somebody in the group mentioned that um, their father was a Red Sox fan and that uh, they used to torture the Red Sox before the curse, of course, the curse was lifted, of course, and mentioned how um, his dad felt like uh, he that Bob Gibson went to a establishment that he was, that his father was working at waiting at that Bob Gibson gave him a poor tip. And 
like when I'm hearing that story, the first thing I'm thinking of is, well, what did he do to piss off Bob Gibson? Because <laughs> <laughs> look, if Bob Gibson gives you a shitty tip, if you know, in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, you'd probably deserve that shit. <laughs> so, but I don't want to be disrespectful to him, which is funny because like he's gonna hear this and be like, well. I'm hearing disrespect right now, but sorry, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I I remember I said the message to him like, all right, well, you know, he gave him a bad tip, which meant he felt some kind of way. And to quite, be quite honest, if Bob Kinson felt some kind of way about me, I think that me getting a bad tip is probably like the best thing, best case scenario, because he could have put a pause on me. Um, and it made me think of a story from 2002 when Bob Gibson was in his 60s. I think he was like uh, mid-60s at the time. Where Bob Gibson was on, the, was on the interstate or the highway. And somebody cut him off on the road. And Bob Gibson had to swerve, which caused his glasses to break. Which then caused Bob Gibson to follow this gentleman uh, 10 miles from the incident until that person stopped to get gas. And then Bob Gibson got out of his car, pulled, walked up on this dude, and whooped his ass. Uh, I believe the injury report for this for this person for this man came out to a a black eye and um, a cut that needed a number of stitches. I think it's like less than ten stitches. But either way. You don't want no smoke with Bob. You wanted no smoke with Bob Gibson back then, and you didn't want old. You didn't want to smoke with Bob Gibson when he was sixty and when he had uh, old man strength. You didn't want none of that. Yeah. Um. So rest in peace, Bob Gibson, and uh, you know, check out some of those uh stats from Bob Gibson. Like there was one season he had like a, it was a one point one three ERA or some yeah. shit. Like, like there, there is something to be said about pitchers in baseball. Yeah that didn't get the 300 wins and you look at like their best series like oh I, I see why they're in the Hall of Fame <laughs> he's like oh like Bob Gibson like I think he's at like 250 Pedro I don't Pedro made I don't even know if Pedro even got the 270 Bro, wins I don't think yeah like no it didn't matter that's the best picture I've ever seen in my life the best starting <laughs> picture I've ever seen in my life it doesn't matter like oh like 2000 or sorry 98 through 01 Pedro was like unreal Unreal. Like yeah, I think the closest uh, we've seen since it is maybe uh like peak uh Kershaw. Verlander. I, maybe. As far as talent, maybe. As far as talent, but as far as numbers, I don't I don't think it even got there. I mean Verlander was out here throwing a hundred all the time, you know? Um Yeah, so but anyway, um RIP yeah. to Bob Gibson. Uh, oh, one more thing on Jimmy Butler. So with Jimmy Butler, they started breaking out all the goofy statistics that that tend to get brought out when usually LeBron's involved in these like situations. Where so just a few fun ones. So Jimmy Butler scored or assisted on seventy three points, tied for most in an NBA Finals game in league history, only second to Walt Frazier's seventy four in nineteen seventy. Um. He tied Jerry West. <laughs> Jimmy Butler becomes the first player in the NBA Finals history with a 40-point triple-double and a win. Jimmy Who Butler had a 40-point triple-double and lost? Probably Jerry LeBron West. LeBron and Jerry West. Yeah. Oh, okay. LeBron had a 40-point triple-double and lost? Yeah, in 2015. 
Am, uh, I I don't really remember the 2015. I don't remember the 2015 finals that well. Lots of bricks. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's what and, I remember. Uh, Jimmy Butler is the first player with forty with a forty point finals game without attempting a three since Shaquille O'Neal in two thousand two. Wow! Just, I didn't realize amazing. he didn't shoot a three. Yeah. Huh. Just just a whole nother level of like, yeah, I'm about to own this shit. <laughs> yeah, bro. Like forty point triple doubles in the playoffs are hard, let alone the damn finals. Because you know, like when like. Off the top of my head, I was like, I don't think anyone's ever done a forty-point triple double in the finals. And the only close, only one I can think of is literally Game Seven of the eighty finals with Magic. Um, I think James Worthy did one. It was a thirty-point triple double. Yeah, it was thirty. Yeah, yeah, that was when he won the eighty-eight Finals MVP, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, um. I guess we should get to it. Yeah, I think I, I, you were talking about it. You sent me some messages about how um, how shitty like online discourse is. Is like James Worthy on a team of Magic Johnson oh, yeah. and, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was Finals MVP. Like they would have said that that James Worthy carried Magic. It's like, <laughs> yeah, they probably would have. They probably would have. So shitty. All right, on to the wrestling for this wrestling show. NXT TakeOver 31. They apparently are just now doing so many TakeOver pay-per-views that they don't even know how to name them anymore. Like, at least when 25 and 30 is like, those are nice round numbers. What's special significance of number 31? Priest Holmes? Reggie Miller, you know. Oh, yeah. 31. Any other famous 31s you think of? Those are the only two I think of. Let's see. Um, 31. I think that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Um, yeah, uh, I thought this was a great show. Um, I, you know, I was kind of Jamal Lewis. That's right. That's right. 2000 yards and um, some other things <laughs> moving at work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, um, I thought this was a great show. Um, I kind of got my, to the point where I was like, all right, well, like the last great takeover we're ever going to get, or not ever going to get, but like of this, you know, core roster kind of um, was going to be Portland. That was kind of like the ending point. And that may be true because we had a lot of um, people from the core that are been moved around to different spots. Uh, we got some new people in. Um, and I thought it was a great show from top to bottom. There's only one show that I didn't give four stars to. Um, I thought that the main event was the best WWE uh, match we've had this year. Um, You know, for a show that had, that was, you know, came, that was literally put together out of thin air, seemingly, out of like a three-week build. Like, this was, along with the presentation with, you know, their own version of the Terror Dome um, in the PC, I thought that this, you know, it gave life to what NXT, to these NXT shows that we just have quite frankly not had uh, over the summer um, or really since the pandemic. And it made for uh, just a great fun watch, which, you know, for me, like I watch this after 
the finals. So I, I didn't actually even after that, like I didn't turn this on until maybe like 1230. And mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get tired. I never got tired. I loved this show. Uh, what were your thoughts of it? This was um, a really great show. Uh, I don't think I've come out of a takeover feeling like this, like good since like war games last year. Yeah. I mean, so, cause you know, Portland, even Portland is like, oh, they're going back to Johnny and, and Tommaso. Great. So like that was, yeah. you know, but you know, you had the, but I get, I get exactly what you mean. I get exactly what you yeah. mean. Um, it just uh, felt like for one night, like they they kind of turned the clock back in NXT, <laughs> ironically, with Finn Balor. Uh, Finn Balor, for the first time, congratulations, has the best match on a takeover. Dude, um, you understand? Okay, in the messenger group, for Social Suplex's messenger group, you know how hard I tried to fit Achievement Unlock Finn Balor has best match on a takeover? <laughs> and my, it just wouldn't fit. It would always get to... It always get to like take. I couldn't get the the mm-hmm. E V E R. I'm sorry, the O V E R in. I just couldn't, so I was like, I'll I'll just leave it alone. But yeah, Finn Balor like has finally Oscar. broken the seal after six years. Um, he has finally had the best match on a takeover card that he was on. Truly an achievement for um, one of the greatest wrestlers in NXT history to finally have the best takeover match on a takeover. <laughs> Jason Terry, I, I will I will randomly oh, yeah. insert number thirty one athletes throughout this review. Okay. Yeah, man, um, that was big. But yeah, um, yeah, I thought I thought it was um, really solid. Like the at, the environment was like funny at times because you know the natural points where matches would like come down a little bit. Mm-hmm. They still had it all like turned all the way up, but yeah, I guess like when it's supposed to be like that, it kind of like makes it work a little more. Um, it, I I found the whole Capital Wrestling Corporation thing funny. I'm like, ah, so they want to go back to those days, like to where, um, like that's like Vince Senior being on like in like 1950 and shit like that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, we all had this this tremendous advantage, you know, of of the Northeast territory in the national television. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't get where that came from. I you know. Like I have not been following the um, I didn't even listen to the Triple H press conference call midweek press conference call and um, leading up to this show. I just watch the TV and I turn it on. And I see this. I'm like, why are they doing this DC? Ca- or, you know, uh, <laughs> WWF wrestling shit. What's going on? Um, I mean, I, whatever the aesthetic is, the aesthetic that they want to go with it. Like it really. I mean, I guess the uh, they went with that so they didn't get the the, the fencing up because I remember the I believe the old shit used to have the fencing around it, right? Or am I mistaken mm-hmm. on that? The old joint used to have like just the um, the noise glass only. No, no, no. I mean, like didn't back in the day when they were doing their shit mostly out of DC, didn't they used to have fencing around? I, like, I think there was some type of fencing, right? That was in like you know, like, like basically like between like the floor like and the like the eighties. Hundred section or whatever you or the, what would be the hunger section now nowadays. Mm-hmm. So I thought like other than that, you know, I was like I see the how that adds to it, but I don't know anything else, and I don't really care. I just I can't. I here to watch. I'm here to watch 2020 wrestling, not you know black and white wrestling. Watching Bo Brazil or you know whoever else. 
Yeah, there was no um, celebrity match on this takeover. There was no um, yes. bad main event to where you're just like, this could have been carrying Cross in the main event uh, yeah. on this show. Yeah, we're gonna, um, yeah, that's another thing we can talk about. Like, yeah. they kind of lucked out here because I don't know what their main event was going to be um, had carrying Cross been the champion here. Maybe it was Adam Cole. I don't know. Um, I imagine they were going to do Finn Balor as Kyle O'Reilly, not as his title match. Um, which you know, if it was going to be you know the the uh, third from the top, it wouldn't have gotten the time it got. Um, so like I'm you know I I'm almost guaranteed we almost got guaranteed a better main event match. So like we got um that random second women's match that's on a lot of these takeovers that got replaced by Swerve and um Phantasma, um. And no tag match either. Yeah. And that's at a so, time when like, the tag match division is like the worst it's ever been in NXT just about. So, or the weakest it's ever been. So, um, yeah, it definitely came through. Like, uh, I mean, I some of these really matches do. came through. Like, I, I mean, I don't think, quite honestly, between the opener, the North American title match, the Cruiserweight title match, the women's title match, I don't know out of those three which is better, but I know all of those are fours at least. Um... But I don't know wh- which one. Which one do you say was the best out of those three? I would probably say the Swerve and um, Phantasma. Okay, I mean because it, it's close between all three of those. Um, uh, so I guess we just go through it. Um, oh yeah, only, only thing I fought with was uh, Adam Cole caught a case of the Menzies I, from, I, from Luke Menzies. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't get that at all. I, and quite frankly, I don't care. Like I. Like, I don't want to see your factory wrestlers. Like, get over it. Like, I know you got to try it, but I don't care about these dudes. Yeah, because also the part was like, well, the last time you gave us a factory wrestler, or or the last time you gave us a really good men's factory wrestler, you're trying to be a fucking pedophile. <laughs> right? Like, and he's still on the show. I, yeah. <laughs> whatever. We'll get to it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, but first match, North American title match, Damian Priest versus Johnny Gargano. Um, <laughs> this this was a great match. Um, I I don't really one one thing that um, they did a little too much in this show was that they went to goofy interference stuff um, at the ends of a lot of these matches um, yeah. or run ins like uh, you know the this match, the EO match. The uh, oh my god, what's the other match? They did another match with this too. Oh, the yeah, swerve match as well. Yeah, yeah, they had running stuff like I can understand you doing it once, I can understand you doing it twice, where it's like been a couple hours apart, but like to do it and there's five matches, you do it three goddamn times. So it's like literally three three out of four matches straight, you do it, it's like relax, bro. Like, you don't need you have a crowd now, so you don't need to do something to quote unquote get it over the top. Like, these guys, these people are good enough to wrestle to get it there. Like, Trust your wrestlers, um, but yeah, I, I thought this was a I thought it was a great match. Um, I've, I've watched so much wrestling, I can't remember all the stuff that was done in this match. But I remember specifically um, the the finish where they go from they were teasing the spot at the beginning with the still steps, which is a play on the Finn Balor match from In Your House, where uh, Danny Priest almost killed himself. Falling on the st- on those uh, still steps, um, but they teased it, 
they didn't go through with it, and then Johnny gets the advantage, goes for the um, slingshot DDT, gets caught, and gets hit in like I, f- I forgot what Damian Priest calls it, but it's basically the crossroads looking thing, and he yeah. just spiked for it, and it's like Johnny. You gotta stop landing on your head, and neck, bro. <laughs> like you've done, you've done too much. You've done too much playing around, and bad things have happened to you a lot since like November or uh, October. Actually, don't tempt fate, bro. Don't stop. Greg Maddox. Yeah, not thirty-one. Um, but yeah, um, I thought it was a great match. What do you think of it? Yeah, I thought it was uh, really good. Um, of course. Uh, I think Johnny Gargano falls to like four and fourteen lifetime on takeovers. With it's only fourteen. I think so. You sure it's not thirty-four? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, yeah. Um, I thought it was a. Uh, you know. Uh, <clears throat> like, we've been wanting Damian Priest, I think, to step up to be. Because it's no secret. He they have a guy. big baby face problem. They have right. a big baby face problem, right. right? He's not the future or anything. This is an older guy. Um, but it's good to see that he were essentially able to slide him into Keith Lee's role and keep it moving relatively. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because I wonder if he was the guy they were cho- they would, they would have picked eventually to go against cross like down the line mm-hmm. like let's say next you know the next wrestlemania takeover or whatever that was the plan um because you know with the you know that we joke about it is you you love his gimmick is he is a babyface that hits on the on the female reporters yes um service but one thing to to um, note is that ever since he's had this babyface term that they never actually officially did, um, his comeback and his hot tags work very damn well. Um, on Wednesday, he had the tag match with the the mixed tag match with EO versus the Garganos, and he. The EO failing Garganos. That's that's what we need to rename them. Sorry, the what? The the failing Gargan Gargan. Yeah, well, how to however the fuck you say their name? The failing Garganos. The failing Garganos. Um, his hot tag was in, his hot tag. Like I imagine in front of a crowd. Obviously, you know, we, it's just all just a, a theory now because there is no crowd, no real crowd. Like I feel like his hot tags and his comebacks would get over big. And you know. All the stuff he does with the flying, the striking, it just works. Um, that's the modern style. Um, and he's, he's, you know, for a big man, I feel like he does as well as anybody, any American um, that's his size. Like, that's a big guy. Um, I, you know, if and when he goes to the main roster, dun, dun, dun. But for right now, they let him do his thing, and his thing, I imagine, would get over um, in front of the audience, it already was at a certain point before this, but I feel like now that he's actually a good guy, I feel like this. I feel like this would be his opportunity to be like the the next person. Um, but but yeah, we'll we'll see when this whenever they get fans back, if that's in a you know months or, or in a year from now, who knows? John Lester, 
Um, <laughs> what happens with, uh, with with Johnny Gargano now? Like, is he just like, you know, fuck off for a couple weeks and then he reemerges? Probably. I mean, <laughs> there's a there's a WWE draft coming. Uh, was it next week or is it this week? It is next week, I believe. Yeah. So could be. Um, who knows? It could be time for the Garganos to go up, and this was their swan song. Who knows? Yeah. I doubt Dang. it, but who knows? Anything's possible because, you know, given the way that reports come out for all this stuff, not even Triple H knows who's going up when it's time to go up. And they damn sure they have plans for them when they come up because, you know, they get retooled and stuff as opposed to, you know, just getting this stuff done now and then they go up. It's like, oh, change his music, put a shirt on him. Like, <laughs> So what did they do to Johnny Gargano? Like that's goofy as fuck. Like that's goofy as fuck. They, they called him up. Like the first time he comes, I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this happened. Um, tags with Gable and their shorty G's. Good, good God. I came with that one quick, didn't I? Yeah, the shorty G's. Is he? Does he still go by shorty G? I don't know. <laughs> Smackdown. <laughs> you yes. know. Um, you, you know what it could be. I, I have one for you, James. It, it also goes with height, but we're going to change it a little bit more. They, they call Giant Gargano out, you introduce him to you know the SmackDown audience again, and then <laughs> and then uh, you know Baron Corbin comes out and, and says, "Who's the short guy?" And then they pre, you know proceed to have uh, three weeks of disqualifications at the end of their matches. And then on pay-per-view, Baron Corbin takes 90% of the match, and then Johnny Gargano wins at the end. And see, then they do a rematch the next week, and then Corbin beats him on TV. See, now, that sounds a lot like what they did with Matt Riddle, but the thing is, like, there's not a chance in in the world that, like, Johnny Gargano would get as much as Matt Riddle. Even mm-hmm. if Matt Riddle is probably a rapist. They would still give Johnny Gargano less than Matt Riddle. <laughs> Um, Cam Chancellor, a great thirty-one. That's debatable. <laughs> That's debatable. Uh, what was I going to say to you? Um, yeah, Johnny going to the main roster. I mean, does he even get six weeks before he's on main event? He might begin in main event. Might be. Might be. Like, yeah. Gargano, Ricochet, main event, be there. Mustafa Ali <laughs> will challenge the winner. <laughs> like, I mean, if we want to be honest, like, if he is to stick around or whatever else, the best place now, anyway, um, is have him go to NXT UK or... I don't know. I mean, he's always going to have a spot, but it's like, what else is to do with him? Like, what else is to do with him? They love him, so they'll find something. I guess. Um, Will it be anything that's, like, really compelling? Shit. Um, Any chance? (laughs) When I say this... You going to say 205 Live? No. Okay. I'm going to say uh, maybe he can form a tag team, but not with Ciampa. Maybe somebody else. 
Um, like who? You want the joint? I mean, he could be in Retribution, right? What we would just Johnny don't know Gargano's it. Retribution name be? What was his Johnny? N wins, like the N stands for no. No wins. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, S fries for small fries? I don't know. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, who are they? Like, heels that are in NXT right now. There's, I should easily be able to reel these off because there's a million of them, but um, um I mean uh, I mean, you have Thatcher you have uh, not Fantas, but Santos um, he, can't, he can't do that Do what? Like, I can't be linking Johnny Gargano can't be linking up with uh, the, the, the Mexican squad why can't he look at what Legato did? Uh, no, it, it no, don't, it don't no. seem like it, it's a it's a fit. Can't do uh, El Legato, uh, Legringo Del Fantasma. Correct. It, it don't seem. <laughs> it doesn't quite. Yeah, curl. yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Like it's already a wordy uh, name for a faction. Now you want to add more words? Yeah, I agree. Um, they can find somebody. Like, uh, hopefully, they don't. What they don't do is like, yeah, put him in there with like Velveteen Dream, maybe a, t- a heel tag Yuck. team. No, thank you. Um, no, f- look, no, they always figure out something to do with Johnny Gargano, even when they don't even have anything for him. They'll always find a way. So we'll we'll see. But um, yeah, I wonder what um who would be next for Damian Priest. Like, given the match with O'Reilly, um. It seems like they're going to be going to a, a who done it just as we thought there was going to be no who done it this year. They, they stumbled on who beat up. <laughs> they figured out who beat up Adam Cole. Rich Holland, motherfucker, he just dropped his carcass on the floor. What are you talking about, Bobby Fish? What happened? He got his ass with Bobby. What do you what What do you think happened, Robert? <laughs> um, but yeah, like if it's not that, then you know maybe it's. For Damian Priest, maybe it's, uh, you know, Kyle O'Reilly comes after losing to the top guy. He goes and settles for the second belt somewhere down the line or whatever else. Or he has a match and loses or whatever else. And then figure it out. But, How yeah. How um, wrestle like either Jake Atlas or Swerve? I, I would like to see Swerve. I would definitely like to see Swerve. Um, Cameron Grimes, of course. But well, they already did Cameron Grimes with uh, Damian Priest. You can't go back to that that quick. Um... Oh, I meant for Johnny Gargano. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, that's true. They could do that. Hill versus Hill. Um, they could definitely do that. Um, I was I was thinking of um, stuff for Priest next, like who would be rounding. Maybe, you know, there. I mean, there's for as far as Johnny or for um, Damian Priest, there's Kushida. Now that he just put away Velveteen for whoever knows how long it is, but um, I guess we can move on to Velveteen versus Kushida. Two um, men that were wearing jeans that were doing a regular rules match and not a street fight. I was thrown off. Yeah, I did. I didn't get that. Um, but what I especially didn't get was like, okay, I'm gonna say this on the front end, and then so because people know, I know Velveteen was going for Doc Brown from um, Back to the Future because Kashida's Back to the Future Marty McFly gimmick. I get that. However, this man came through that crack smoke, and I'm calling it crack smoke for a reason, which I will not uh, divulge to the fan 
to the listeners, but Rich knows what I mean about him emerging from this crack smoke. And this shout out fried scrambled egg brain ass dude came out with what looked like he had his hair spray painted with metallic silver spray paint. And then this man decided to, you know, get himself ready for a wrestling match by working out and worked up a sweat. And then the sweat then proceed proceeded to make the, the metallic silver hairspray melt down onto his face and his forehead and his, in the back of his neck. And this man looked like, um, the silver dude from the trolls movie. He just looked, like he looked, man, looked like, like the Silver Surfer. Yes, I was about to say the Silver Surfer. Yes, that man did look like Wave the Silver man. Surfer. <laughs> now the last time we mentioned Silver Surfer in here, you said shout out to Stan. You said <laughs> you said shout out to Stan Lee while not knowing that Stan Lee had passed. So let's stop that right now. But yes, um, this man did look like Ma- Max B. I don't know what's going on with this dude, and he had. Gloves that look like yard work gloves that look like yard work gloves that happen to have a radioactive symbol on it. And the last time hey, was somebody he wearing them same gloves, he wearing them same gloves your cousin used to wear. <laughs> how do I put how do I put the link to a picture of that in the description? Do we have I do will. we have a link somewhere that we can put that? You know what? I believe you know what? there is. I'm going a to find a picture. This. I'm going to tweet it, and I, then I will tweet the link of that picture. Uh, I will in the description for y'all to see, so y'all can you know additional you know, supplement, supplemental uh, you know viewing uh, with the no, podcast. Check, check it in the Discord. Y- yeah, that too. But we'll figure it. <sighs> oh my god! But anyway, what I was my joke was going to be the last time I heard somebody wrestling with some yard work uh, gloves on was Barry Windham on Nitro in, like, 1999. Um, Yikes. I, I, yeah, yeah, Barry Windham had a cowboy boots on, some, some Daisy Dukes. Dog. Superwash Barry Windham. A black beater tucked inside the Daisy Dukes with the work gloves. I didn't know what kind of look this was. And, quite frankly, um, I think that Barry Windham too also emerged from the crack smoke. Uh, so, <laughs> so anyway, to get to the match, Kushida just proceeds to, in much the way that I've described to you over the last every time we've seen him this year, he's just like the best fucking aggressive technical wrestler in the world. Um, at times, and he just proceeded to want to rip this fucker's uh, arm off his shoulder, and a he funny pretty much accomplished that for like fifteen minutes. Sorry, a, a, a funny tweet I saw was that Kushida attacked the hand that Velveteen Dream texts teenagers with. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I cannot seriously analyze the Velveteen Dream, no, dude. Not only can you not do that, while he's in the ring and he's bumping around a cell phone dude, it's so cartoonish and there's things that he's doing that like 
I don't know if this is a human being playing wrestler because that's his job, or is this like um, a wacky, wavy, inflatable hand person, like one of the Bailey buddies as I'm flopping around. Like, I don't know what... I mean, obviously, Velveteen was always um, a cartoonish seller, but he turned this shit up to uh, to a level of 100,000 trillion. Um... So like in the first five minutes of the match, I was like, "What the fuck is this dude going?" And that's when I te- that's when I asked you what I asked you because like, what is going on here? Because this man is out of his mind. He looks ridiculous, right? And this man is also wrestling ridiculous. And I'm like, "Bro, what is is he having a is he having like a mental episode?" Which is like he's under a lot of stuff right now, a lot of his own goddamn doing, but still, you know, maybe just maybe. For the sake of his own well-being, because y'all still clearly want to invest in this dude, I put him on TV. Maybe you should protect him from your from himself and not put him in this spot because he looks fucking ridiculous. And quite frankly, for your for your own um you know protection, you shouldn't even have him on TV either way. But like I, this this is no good for anybody. Him being out here, he got his ass whooped, sent away. I don't know if there's anything for Kushida. Um. As much as it was like to, you know, more or less, it felt like it was like a burial of Velveteen Dream because he whooped his ass all throughout the match. The finish comes on, he the finish comes up with Kushida having him in the hoverboard lock, the Kimura. Velveteen powers up, hits him with his DVD finish, but Kushida just keeps the fucking submission on, uh, um, locks it in harder and makes Velveteen tap. And then Kushida, after he wins the match, proceeds to rip his arm off out the socket. And, he, and then Velveteen is left to just, like, tap out and cry until they go away. Also, um, in the middle of the match, Velveteen Dream, when he was um, taking the advantage, was yelling, Come on, Marty! Yes, the Velveteen Dream, known diddler, yelling, Come on, Marty! As in, Marty Scroll. <laughs> I didn't even think about the Marty Scroll connection. But I was thinking of like, he's he is an alleged pedophile, and he decided to get at this dude. He is going to then embody this old dude that had this super dude weird relationship with a teenager. My God, like this, like it could nope, be more it, on nose if you tried. The, 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 the like, what's not triggering here? Where's self awareness? What's going on? What? Who told? Who told you to do this? Who allowed you to do this? Why did this make it through all these different different places? Like, you can't think of all the stuff you can't do in WWE that you have to go through. You mean to tell me that no one said, Dream, "Hey, bro, be on Twitch, be on YouTube"? Right. Think about it. They tell you. They tell you. Look. They say you're you're not an employee, but they show you. They tell you when you're going to work, how you're going to work, and all that. Right. Meanwhile, they tell you how to work, but they don't tell you how to not dress like Doc Brown. Really. Look, the referees will lean over and tell you to sell more. Right. You know how many times during the show I heard them point out how many minutes were left in a match? I'm like, well, I know how long this match is going. Thanks. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was the priest match where he like twenty minutes. Was great. He was like, register that. Make sure you register that more or whatever. And yeah. then he, he said twenty like minutes. The next like thirty five seconds, he sold. Right, and then um, one of the refs 
whoever the ref was said to EO, 15 minutes. I'm like, okay, like, I get, you need to, first off, I shouldn't be able to hear that. I just shouldn't. The um, mics are super turned up. Right, right. Um, anyway, um, let me move on. I mean, the match was the match was good as a match. It's a match you would give over three stars to. It's the worst match in the card. Um, like I, whatever. Like I, I, I just don't want to see Velveteen on my TV no more. I just don't. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next match after that. Ooh, I'm blanking. Uh, next match after that is Swerve. That's right. NXT title match. Up. That's right. Yes. Boy, and, and when I saw the entrances on these two gentlemen, I immediately knew the finish. <laughs> really? Yes. So if you get like, a quote-unquote uh, did-up entrance, you know who's going to win? Feels like it, and, and, huh. and on this show, at least. And then you start thinking about, remember uh, how they was bringing in Cross and all that shit? Yeah, like, Cross. Look, you can tell, look, you can tell who, who they um, invested in. Andrade... Um, against Gargano. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder this. Well, when did um? Well, that's not that hold up. That didn't hold up because Oscar and Ember was out here bringing out Nina Shrouds. That was not. That did, that did not work. <laughs> uh, Adam Cole getting wrapped to the ring. Yeah, that was uh, that was yeah, that was when he won the title, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Which is also um, another funny thing, like. Rap and Adam Cole, those things don't go together. <laughs> There's there is nothing about rap and Adam Cole that seemed like congruent at all. But okay, if you say so. Like it, his I interest is his made, interest is I good. He, I, th- I think he may listen to a lot of Eminem. You know, um <laughs> I can see that. I could see that. I could see that. Um, um especially given his yeah, age, uh, I could definitely see that. Phantasma, superstar entrance. However, he did not impress me in the least in this match. This He's Adam Cole. Swerved. He's Mexican Adam Cole. Yep. Like, and, I, and I, what I mean by that is like his job is to enhance the baby face. And, and this is, I remember I was saying this like the first time I ever saw him is like that might have been the first match I ever saw him was against Swerve actually um, mm-hmm. in the Cruiserweight Classic. I think that was the first match. Um, his first match. Um, he is there to keep pace with the baby face, to keep advantage, but not be flashy at all, or, or be rarely be flashy. He clearly knows what he's doing, um, but it is all about the the baby face and making the baby face look spectacular. Which you know, Swerve can do that easily by himself. He, Swerve don't need help looking great. He's all he looks. He always looks great, no matter who he's in. I've ever seen him in the ring with, but but yeah. Um, it was a great match. I think the best near fall of the night was when he hits the 450 splash and there's and there's a kick out. I thought I that was the most got I've been gotten in a while off of a near fall. Um, it's a great match. Um, you know, I I don't like the nonsense with um, Legado del Fantasma coming out and then like uh, the former Tahuti Miles Ashanti uh, Adonis comes out and make the save. Um, a random save out of nowhere in the middle of a title match. Eh. Save that. Save that for like you know when they get physical away from the match. For me personally, um, I think like some kind of reintroduction because he cut a promo later on, or he had loads of charisma. Yeah, yeah, it is reintroduction. Um, but I don't know. Like it just it just didn't feel appropriate. 
at the time, it's like, okay, so he made the save for this dude, the dude lost, and then you want to get your shit off afterwards? Is he the next challenger for 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 uh, <laughs> Phantasma? Because if he is, then like, okay, I get it. But if he's not, then it's like, this couldn't have waited until Wednesday? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, thought, I thought Swerve was like, spectacular all throughout the match like all the, all the cool spots were all him like when uh, he hits the um for lack of a better word like the phoenix splash uh off the second uh this phoenix splash off the second turnbuckle onto the floor for a dive mm-hmm. uh when he lands on his feet it wasn't a full phoenix splash but phoenix splash like move i thought that was dope uh, he was just great and it's just you know um, the Hurricanrana spot where he, you know, he gives the top rope basically like a station, junction to junction, um, Hurricanrana, uh, to Phantasma where Phantasma goes flying onto his two goons. Uh, he was just great all night. And that's the kind of thing you see out of Swerve ever since he's been, um, since around for like the last 14 months. That's kind of what we've seen from him. Kind of think they made a bad decision here. I think, I think Swerve should have won. Uh, it depends. However, if, if you this have is for bigger and brighter things, sure. then it wasn't because right. you know he's clearly above the. I mean, go, even going back to the Roddy match from earlier in the year, going back to the Johnny Gargano match earlier in the year, he is clearly as good as those fucking guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a matter. And you know, I've been saying this. You know, this before you even you know started you know chopping it up with, with Swerve. I've always, I've been saying this ever since, like, you know, quite honestly, the first time I saw him, which was his match against Sabre in New York for the, uh, the Mark, Mark Hitchcock, Russell Conn Memorial Show. So I was like, hmm. the dude does this. And like the JD Drake match he had in Evolve with, with, with JD Drake. I thought the world of him then, like dude is a very accomplished fucking wrestler. And like his flying is even better than I give it credit for. Because the thing that I like most about him is like, his striking ability, as I call it, the makeshift uh, karate, makeshift martial arts, and his in his ground game, his submission um, stuff. Like the dude, you know, uh, I have some concerns about his promo ability uh, long term. When it comes to like, I, I don't think they've ever found something he can really sink his teeth into yet, in a way that like um, Kyle Riley O'Reilly did on Wednesday in. Um, on you know the video package for yep. the main event, but once they do, they're off to the races. He's clearly won. Is just are they going to realize it? In much the same way we worried about like Riddle and Keith Lee, you know, a year ago. One can only hope, right? Because boy, <laughs> I mean, it, you know, you know, you look at that breakout tournament from the summer of last year where you had. Um, ACA Jordan slash Jordan Miles, Cameron Grimes, Garza, uh, Swerve. I, I'm trying to think of who else was. Uh, Bronson Reed was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dexter Loomis was in it. But it's like That's right. the four that we mentioned, the four that Man. the first four that I mentioned, we all knew those dudes were great. It's just how are you going to integrate these people in? It took you long to fuck enough, but we're here now. It, you know, like, he finally got his first takeover and he showed his ass out, so, like, we should see more of this. Yeah. Um, but as far as the, the Cruiserweight title scene at Tony Storm's coming in... Wait a second, wasn't... Wasn't, um... 
Wasn't Jordan Devlin involved in speaking out shit too? Oh yeah, big time. He was uh one of the bigger ones. Like he had photos drop on him. Yikes. Okay, so never mind. Um, so like the the victim put photos of like what he did to them out. Okay, so killed what I was gonna say. What I was even thinking of. Because they were, you know, eventually they were going to, they were talking about, you know, they're going to be crew cruiserweight champions and eventually going to have a match, but one, they're both heels. And then he probably shouldn't be employed anymore. So whatever. Um, Phantasma, he has a, there are guys for him to go against from the UK. Now that, it, you know, with Tony Storm, it seems that, you know, the, them coming back is an option. Like, there's more Flash Marker Webster. There's Bait, obviously. There's, <clears throat> There's Mandrews. Keep him coming. Like, he can, he's going to have quality matches with all them dudes and just put them in there and let them do their thing. Um, because, like, I've, you know, I've always liked the Phantasma act. It's always been well done. It just comes down to, all right, now that we're, we're through this, seemingly through with um, Maverick, and now we just finished with, up with Swerve, what's next? Um, then, um, at this point we get the NXT women's title match, rematch from, a uh, takeover match from last year, Io Shirai versus Candice Ray. They had another great match. Um, I don't think this is as good as the last match no. that they had, but it was a great match nonetheless. Um... I'm starting to think that like the the Johnny involved of all the Kansas stuff is to is just exclusively to get heat on Johnny. Yeah, I, I don't know why um Candace would be like, you know, listening to Johnny or like, you know, needing his assistance in takeovers. He don't win. So like she's I think he's won more than her. You know. And that's saying something. God right. damn. Right. Um <laughs> Like shit, has she? Let's see. Oh, aside amazing. from aside from winning two on four in women's war games, has she won a takeover match? Because I don't think she has. I and that's so. and that and that's really all about Rhea Ripley. They ain't got shit to do against her. <laughs> um, yeah. but yeah. So Johnny Gargano found a way to do his Johnny Gargano shock kickout face in a match that wasn't even his. Amazing. Yeah. I thought you said you want to watch Takeover. Finessing. <laughs> right. So like at this point be like, LeBron's in the finals again. I thought you said you want to watch the finals. <laughs> LeBron is the finals at this point. Johnny Gargano making a shot face. That is Takeover. <laughs> um, but yeah. Glad he didn't stare at his hands. Just, just go his glad. hands. Yeah. He didn't do the why am I so violent. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, I get what you mean. <laughs> okay, so that starts Someone off. had a great tweet where, where they retweet that picture and there was like, why am I so referee? Like, bitch, <laughs> I was hollering. So referee. <laughs> like, Johnny, I think he had the shirt inside out too. It was like, what is going on? Like, okay, so let's go through this match. Match starts off. Candace gets um, a. Um, starts working over EO's back. Uh, just a lot of back base offense, back crackers or backstabbers as well. Um, 
Eo overcomes it. They're, they end up going through this spot where I don't know. I don't know why they need to do two rough bumps. I don't know. I think one would have perfectly sufficed. Like when they did the uh, the moonsault with the feet all the way up, um, boots up into the gut or sends EO flying into the ref. I feel like that's enough. You don't need to do the, the rough bump before. But <laughs> they give, they shoot Candace some bail because they know she's going to lose. Right? Like they, they shoot her some bail, which is like, you know, you're going to lose, but you're going. You're still our hill get, gatekeeper. So here, here we are. She ends up um, hitting a move after the ref gets wiped out, gets the visual pinfall. Johnny comes running down to the ring, puts on a ref shirt because why the fuck not? I guess right. Like what? Why not? Sure. Like, Fast. Who, who allowed this? Th- right. Which is like, well, you know, where, where is William Regal? Well, remember. I guess it's a precedent because remember that's how Sasha beat Bailey for the fucking title at SummerSlam, right? Or not SummerSlam, like a couple weeks before, right? They did a uh, when they took her when they took the belt um, because it was a, a sweet finish because Bailey just decided to put on the rough shirt and ring that, which is like y'all gotta stop this shit. This just fucking stupid. Anyway, comes down, which is like okay, so you're a crooked ref, right? Yeah. Goes for the fast count. EO kicks out of the fast count. Just pound it mad a third damn time and call for the bell. If 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 if, if she can kick out of the shit because she recognizes the, uh, there's somebody slapping on the mat and you're uh, as good a rough as anything, just just call it. Fuck them. One, two, kick out. Fuck you. Three, ring the bell. Whatever. His scam, his scam was going down. Io Shirai, even though she, you know, may or may not have a rough grip of the language, recognized uh, the moment. Right. Yeah, it reminded me of um. You were not going to pull a fast one on her. <laughs> yeah, show was always up. Away you from her get, home country. Yeah, you're not going to get over on an ace. Like I remember, um, there's a video I saw a few years ago of Liger, um, yes. running running these running these gags on people where he was sneaking to people's hotel rooms when they were asleep and pin, tried to pin them Matt for uh, with a ref for three. So it, uh, it was one one person one of the people Hanma. Um, he snuck in on Hama. He snuck in on uh, maybe Togi Makabe. I don't remember. But the last person he tried to sneak up on, where, like they were asleep, was Hiroshi Tanahashi. He he rolls into his bed. Like he got the three count on Hanama. Everybody else kicks out at two because they actually are kept slapping the mat hard. We're sleeping, right? Man, he laid down on Tanahashi. That ref. That ref caught it one. <laughs> Tanahashi won the fuck up and got his shoulder up. <laughs> and that's why he's the ace. <laughs> there, there are no easy oh, pins no. on Roshi Tanahashi. Everything is earned. <laughs> you beat him. You beat him. There ain't no, oh, I'll call you slipping. No, you got to catch him on his, on his best day every day. <laughs> but um, same thing with you. Look, the ace mentality. The ace mentality. Yeah. When you the ace, you just can't get beat. Easy. <laughs> but um, yeah. So match continues. Um, the ref com- comes to sees Johnny in the ring and say, "Hey, asshole, what are you doing here? Get the fuck out of here! Who gave you that shirt? I should throw you out of here." By that point in time, Johnny had already grabbed the belt, dropped the belt for Candice. While the ref is taken by Johnny before he gets out the ring. Candace goes and just nails and cracks can't uh Eo with the belt. 
Rev counts to three. She kicks out of that too. Uh, they end up on top of the rope, which is a play on their match from last year, where this time EO gives Candice a Spanish fly, steps over her, hits with the moonsault, one, two, three. It was another great match. Like I said, I don't think it, I think the first match is better. Um, it was a lot more uh, vicious in that match. I think that match had more spectacular flying. But um, for a role reversal, I thought that they did a good job recapping and retconning what they laid down between their history, between uh, Candice's history as a character. Um, which you know, quite frankly, um, NXT's really good at like. They'll, they'll do something that doesn't that didn't quite work with what they're trying to do narratively, and then they'll address it and then move it and then shape it to make it work going forward. Like when they did that hour long thing promo thing for Johnny and and Champa, they did a great job with that. Yeah, and then they'll, they'll tell you what they what they try to do, but like <clears throat> they ain't actually do. No, 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 no. What what well, that's what retcon is like. We did something, and then like we want we just want to change our minds on it, so we like quote unquote. We'll address it, and then we'll say, like, oh, well, actually, never mind that. We're going this way. Like, at least they're acknowledging, as opposed to WWE, was like, every every week is something different. <laughs> they don't know what the hell they're doing. But, but yeah. Um, another great match. And then, and then, we get the main event. NXT title match. Finn Balor versus Kyle O'Reilly. They <sighs> beat the shit out of each other. Yes, they did. Now... Um, I don't know if it was last week's show or two weeks show or two shows ago. I said that like uh Moxley and Kingston are basically just doing two guy two white guys doing strong style. Mm-hmm. This was also that, but it actually felt for it actually felt authentic. <laughs> like this is at, like that was a best of the Super Juniors final. That's the best way. I'm, that's what the way I'm trying to explain it. Like, like they never, uh, their timing was off. Like I figured they probably had have Russell before, but apparently they had not. And they mentioned it during the build up in the uh, pre match p- video packages. Like, I go to America, he leaves for Japan. I get Japan, he I get to Japan, he goes to NXT. I get NXT, he's on Raw. And for a group of guys that, you know, have seen to, you know, been in, just, just miss each other. Faye has some great chemistry. Um, I thought this match was excellent. They beat the shit out of each other. It was physical. The selling was great. Um, it's one of my favorite, uh, body part matches is the, your midsection slash your gut has been affected. Think of all the Brock Lesnar diverticulitis matches. Um, I'm thinking of some matches in Japan, like um, like a 2012 match tag match between Nai Takahashi and uh, I think it's Yoko Bido versus Yoshiko and Natsuki Tayo, where Natsuki hits an uppercut to uh to Nai's ribs, and it's like she just reacted, she just got her whole side just caved in, like she just broke her rib, and you just go from there, um. This is one of those matches. And it, um, I'm trying to think else. Uh, Mako Satomura, young Mako Satomura versus uh, Akira Hokuto, which is my favorite Hokuto match. And you should check it out. It's like a Rocky match. It's like it's literally like the first two Rocky fights put together, like Rocky Creed. I feel like I might have seen that. It's the one where she slaps shit. Where Hokuto's office mostly consists of slapping the shit out of Mako. 
Does Hogado do a dive outside the ring in that one? <sighs> I don't think so. Okay. I may be thinking of I'll send you the link. I love that match. Um, but it, it's, it's a guy match. But anyway, um, just go to the body over and over and over, making people just wince and like the cell job that he did is like you see that in fight in you know fights, and I'm sure there's a lot of influence from from that, right? Like we've seen boxing match, we've seen UFC fights where someone gets hit, gets hit with a kidney shot, liver shot, body blow. And that delayed reaction of, I'm good until, oh, no, you're not. Your body says, <laughs> fuck that, you're done. And when he wouldn't have thrown that punch when they were having that strike exchange, and he just, after after uh, Finn gave him that soul butt, and you just see all, all everything just leave out of him, and then he's just so in pain, so in pain the rest of the match. And... And it comes up at different points, and that's a, ultimately that's the finish. It was the end of it is like he hits it with two foot stomps, and then he hits it with a coup de gras to end it. But the work that that O'Reilly did from working over, you know, Finn's bad shoulder from you know 2016 um, for the armbar, the spot where he's fighting for the armbar forever, and it closing on the fingertips. That's the New Japan shit of like the camera work, like which is a great touch. Um. Just the spot where like he works over his leg forever, which is like what how um, O'Reilly got to this title match where he you know put the uh, the heel hook in on Grimes where he hits the heel hook. Balor is done, or Balor is like in so much pain and he's so desperate he's just basically using the other foot to kick him, and he almost gets out of it until O'Reilly grabs his second leg, so he's in a double heel hook, and it's like, oh my god, Balor's fucked. I can't but like, yeah. I actually bought it. Like he was going to tap, and it was such a good uh, near fall submit for his mission. He looked like he's so far away, but he makes it. I, I just love this match. I just loved it. And then the finish, as I, I mentioned before, was like you get to the you know the internal bleeding blood or whatever else you know that that look, and he hits him with um. Two double foot stomps, and then he goes and hits with the coup de gras for the win. I, it was a great match. It was a great match. Yeah, uh, four and three quarters. Yep, that's um, where I'm at on two. I, I think what Kyle O'Reilly proved is that uh, the initials KO are the superior wrestling initials uh, that are going around in this era. You know, you have, you know, Kenny Omega, you know, Kazushi mm-hmm. Okada, mm-hmm. you know, Kevin Owens, you know, and now Kyle O'Reilly. You know, in the NBA Finals, Kelly O'Lynn. No, I'm just playing. You dumb. Look, I was letting you rock with it when you said Kevin Owens. Like, because, you know, Kevin Owens, like, Kevin Owens post-2017 is totally, or pre-2017 yeah. is totally from post-2017. But I was going to let you rock with it just off the strip. Once you pull out Kelly O'Lynn, you're like, okay, he's trolling. Okay, he's just flat out trolling now. <laughs> but, yeah, man, it was one of those matches where you're just like, the right person won. Um, and they have to get to a return match on an equal or larger stage somehow, some way down the line, whether it's six months, nine months, a year from now. They have to get back to this match. And with uh, that promo, that, that promo thing that they did, that face to face meeting with Sean that they did, like. O'Reilly was just their hidden talent for forever. Like we always joked about him and Roddy 
just being like so overqualified as tag guys and the, you know them being the greatest tag team fat or tag team in NXT history but to see what they've done with him in a span of like three weeks just like what they did was just so wrestling it's just like rely on your guy that has talent you know what he can do you've seen it or in your you've seen it up close to personal whatever else all this time you give him a shot or whatever else on a different stage something, something he's qualified to do is just you were using him doing something else he's great with it he has a great match to pay that off and now it's like now the chase is on I don't know what you do with Undisputed or whatever else but like that dude should have a crack at being like a top three baby face on this brand or maybe the number one given the, the fact that there's no baby faces right now <laughs> but like he, him and Priest should be like the two faces of the babyface side and Swerve, I'll throw Swerve in this too, like the top three babyfaces need at least some like, uh, some variety of those three in some order. Yeah. They're on to um, something right now. They gotta get him some fucking wins, but they're on to something right now. I, I th- and you almost wonder why more like people don't do this, especially like the main roster. Like as far as like, if you have somebody that is just kind of overqualifying a role it's like hey how about you just nudge that guy up that's just like one rung away instead right. of just taking this other motherfucker putting him there no oh, oh, what, what can we do y'all said you wanted new stars right you know? yeah and it's just saying like look worst case scenario you got a kick-ass main event for a pay-per-view and you can move on to something else but like with Finn Balor being the champion given that he had just won this four-way thing with uh, Gargano, Ciampa, and Cole, it was like, can't go back to any of those three. The only match that you've had, that you have them that haven't been, you know, overdone because you just did two, you've had two cold matches since December. You had the the, the, uh, the Gargano match, and Gargano's ice cold right now. Ciampa, you just had squashed for the dude that was going to be champion. What you got? And they went with O'Reilly because... One, I think it was a lack of options because of it, you know what happened with you know the situation because Balor shouldn't be champion right now, and you got you you pulled out you have somebody and it's clearly somebody that the, the fans are familiar with, and it's been and it's been established and now he's just in a different role so he's a fresh act, like this ain't that hard it's not right like we talk about this all the time when we talk about how strong the AEW um, tag division is like eventually. One of these days, Nick Jackson is going to go solo and it's going to go and it's going to go work over pretty damn well, right? Um, eventually, someday, Luchasaurus or Jungle Boy is going to go so- solo and it's going to go pretty damn well. Worst case scenario, as you have a stopgap for a pay per view or a TV match right there, title match with somebody, and it'll go blow the house down, and you can send them on a journey towards whatever you think their their ceiling on the potential is, whatever else. But you're off to the races, and this I felt like was an off-to-the-races moment. Yeah. So Maybe he just had to change his look, though, so, you know, he can look like a main eventer, though. Yeah. Maybe that's a girl, like, you know, five inches. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that, that was the show. I mean, I, I, I love the show. This is... I was not expecting this at all. I was expecting another, you know... Couple good, couple great matches and a bunch of filler, but this, you know, even with the because the build was just so, you know, in a lot of ways, what was pay per view that like AW had to, like was great, but had a very, but had a very uh, build, uh, double or nothing, 
Yeah, it was very similar to that. I was like, I wasn't expecting this, but I'll, I'm, I'll gladly take it and appreciate it, and, and thank you. Um, so, Rich, uh, I guess it's time for the AEW Dynamite Report. Yes, yes. I uh, thought this was an awesome show uh, this week. Um, <clears throat> a lot of stuff moving forward. Um, let me just go ahead and get my notes uh, pulled up here. But... Um, there is a, uh, we'll get to it in the review, but there's a tournament that's going to be going on uh, where the finals are at full gear. Winner gets a shot at the AEW championship. So that's going to be really interesting. First three people got named, and we'll get to it on the review. Uh, but we opened up with Ricky Starks taking on Darby Allen, a match that we've been waiting for for a while. And uh, it was well worth the wait. <laughs> with you yeah. gentlemen and a um, match that went short enough to where like you could easily do another match another one yep. so it went like nine minutes yeah so they they these guys work real hard and uh hit each other very hard ricky starts awesome selling uh in this match uh there was you know some uh will hobbs and uh brian cage interplay which seems to foreshadow their match that they're doing next week so uh, if you're thinking about that six-man that was supposed to go down, mm-hmm. we're kind of getting all those cross matches uh, individually instead. So it's one thing about AEW, like, they, if they have an idea, they're going to, like, see it out typically. Yeah. High Nightmare Family. But I don't think there was actually an idea there. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there, there was a mandate uh, sent on that one. But um, Darby Allen ended up getting the win. And um, that was a, um, you know, it was, it was it was a big, very big win for Darby Allen because uh, we've seen him so many times, I think, in the in the underdog position, you know, trying to fight up uphill against Cody, fighting against Brian Cage, fighting against uh, Mox. And then it's like, well, when is when is his time? And then Ricky Starr's a guy you just bring in. He's a dude that I think has lots of respect, like already amongst the fans for his talk. Uh, for the match he did with Cody, and just like you know, kind of being a uh, a guy with some buzz, like he's an ultimate utility uh, player right now. Yeah, and he's funny and, as hell. Yes. <laughs> um, there was um a time with Darby where you're almost like, well, what, well, where's you know the winds coming from? But mm-hmm. Ricky's a guy. Just like when he faced off against Sammy Guevara, you're like, these guys are going to wrestle each other a million times. Yep. And <laughs> I think that, you know, Darby going all through, you know, that class of guys, this is like, this is just what he needs right now. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was actually going to ask you, should we, I don't know how old Ricky Starks is. I think he's 30, uh, 29. I will check. He may be on that hide his age. <sighs> Uh, deal <laughs> on the Tan Nakano program. <laughs> oh, we can't we can't let no one know that she's thirty two. Um, okay, but, I found his birthday, but not his birthday. <laughs> I could have swore that during the match, like Taz, okay. like said he was like twenty nine or thirty. He, he's twenty six. Okay, so he's younger. Now. Okay, so I guess I can actually um just just ask like I was thinking about this like. With we talk about MJF, we talk about Jungle Boy, we talk about Darby, um, Bro, and we talk just under thirty, like 
So, like, there's, and there's somebody else I'm forgetting when we talk about this too. Oh, Sammy. Man, like, should same. we add? Well, uh, he's a little higher, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, like, you know, with MJF, with Darby, with uh, Sammy, um, with Jungle Boy, and I guess, like, would you add Starks Party. into that mix of saying, like, the under, basically, like, the under 28 mid card of AEW? Solid as fuck. Sorry. Like it's the best. It, like it's the best of their age group. I, I think anywhere. Like if you're not going to count like the young lions, which they actually don't do anything with, um, you know, you're looking at New Japan. A lot of those guys are in their thirties. Uh, people. Well, you mean men, right? Uh, yeah, the men. Okay. Like, because I'll because I'll like take stardom. I'll take stardom over the over the AEW under twenty. <laughs> and start them like they got a lid on them like they're gonna retire by the time they're like 24 so like not even comfortable at all like these guys no, but, be no, like this you dick. were saying no but i'm saying like you was like the best set of wrestlers at a certain age group i was like all right why about stardom <laughs> that's what i was saying no, like no, you're must- at the end because i didn't finish like where i was going with it so like if you're if you're taking like who do you want out of anybody that's out right now, that's mm-hmm. in that age, that's gonna be around for fifteen years. Okay, it's these guys. You. Like, okay, I get you. I get you now. Like, it is not particularly close. I get you now. If you want to say as far as vesting into the future, yeah, yeah. Because as you said, oh. they'll some will just fucking retire on you out of nowhere and start them. Correct. Or Joshi <laughs> in general. Um, you know. Not everyone I, will be Ozzy Kong, you know. Yeah. Not everyone will be Nanai Takahashi, you know. <laughs> hanging out, hey, hey, hey. I don't say it enough, but I miss Suzuki. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Darby got that win. Yep, and presumably they'll run it back one day. Um. Okay, so you mentioned the cross matchups that they're doing, like they're going to do Hobbs versus Cage. Um. Is that this coming week? That is this week. That's this week. When do For you the f- FCW belt? Ah, okay. So if and when do you think we'll actually get that that trios match? I would probably think they do the trios match the week after uh, the Moxley and Archer match. So I when is that? That match is the fourteenth. Okay. All right. I didn't. Know, I don't know. The, I didn't know the schedule that far in advance. So, okay. Not All this right. week, but the following week. Okay. So, do you think? Do you think they save that and go head to head against Halloween Havoc? Oh, I heard about that. That's just shameful. <laughs> no, 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 no. I was joking because, like, of course, AEW is not going to do that because they're not out here trying to counter program. They're trying to do. Just, they're just trying to do their show. They're not trying to hot shot shit. They're trying to compete for two weeks on some bullshit. That's that was just a joke. I was actually yeah. saying they were actually going to do that, but like, you know, look, if NXT wants to do a um, a special show, show or whatever else, more power to them. Good for them. But don't come out here like. Two weeks before AEW's about to do some shit and be like, "Oh yeah, Great American Bash, yeah." Just look, they are Jay Z and AEW's Nas, where they just trying to step on anything, any any special release that AEW puts oh. out. They trying to just so, step on it. I don't know if you you remember. I think it was on the show we were trying to figure out why this takeover kind of came out of nowhere, um, and I think um, they have another takeover at the end of the month, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, no. They they have another takeover. WWE pay per view. WWE pay per view is at the end of the month. Yeah. So, yeah. 
This past Hell weekend, Hell in a Cell, there was an Impact Wrestling, like uh, Impact Plus only uh, show that was Saturday night. So, are you serious? I'm dead serious. They're trying to step on Impact. I didn't believe it at first. However, I then talked to someone. I I I, pro, I proclaimed and insisted WWE was not this petty. This person disagreed with me. Huh. So I was like, huh. And then I was like, well, when's the next pay per view? Okay. Impact Bound for Glory October twenty third. What's the day after? WWE Hell in a Cell. So- <laughs> Wow. Impact. Yes. You were being uh, competed against as well. Unbelievable. When are they gonna start are they gonna are they gonna start putting out like Lucy's to try to take out like uh, NWA whenever they come back or no? Shit, I'm shocked they ain't got some on Tuesdays to, to, to clip the uh that primetime uh well, weekly pay per view show. Well, wait, when does wait, when does uh Main Event come out? I would not know. Are those Tuesdays? Or those are going to get, or are those? Do those come out on Tuesdays at six oh five? Look, I don't know if there's anybody listening to this show that will watch main event and knows the release schedule. Check the WWE Network to see when that goes up, and maybe even check the international. Uh, you know, because all those shows are just going, you know, international. That's what those shits are for. Yeah, but wow. yeah, wow. yeah. So that's what's going on in these streets. Um. But back to AEW, uh, yeah. Uh, Cody came to the ring for a promo, showed up, um, wearing all black or something. Uh, and I thought some of this promo was good. And then there was, um, you know, Cody being Cody, um, he uh said, uh, you know, that asked him about the injury and said, uh, Al Snow once told him that you wrestle hurt, but you should never wrestle injured. <clears throat> But he said, what happens, you know, when these two are like blended, this injury is more than physical. It's a mental thing. Said it hurt to lose the TNT title in three minutes while he was off. He got the call that all the wrestlers hope they secretly get, which is the 323 number from Hollywood to appear on another show. Uh, He said he heard uh, people talking while he was away, talking about being the future and talking about being the ace. Come on, man. We're a year into Dynamite. That ship has sailed. So I hear you, Cody, taking shots at a man that said he was the ace um, or supposed to be the ace a couple weeks ago. So he is shooting those blanks at Kenny. (laughs) Yet look, let it go, sir. Um he said only three people have the right to speak of themselves in that way. Uh, Carl Sheeta, John Moxley, and Brody Lee. Then Dasha asked Cody, uh, what was his answer to Brody Lee? Cody said, he, you know, he's an EVP. His answer uh, to Lee is no. And then he left the ring for a, a fake out. Cody came in and said no, as in no regrets. And he fired all the way up. No holding back. And next week he accepts. Then all of a sudden Brody Lee came out. Can we stop the there? Locker- Can we stop there right now? Can we stop right there? Right there. Sure. He said no, hauled, seemingly hauled ass out the ring with the quickness, stopped literally like half a step from the ring, like on that ramp, didn't actually like get anywhere like he was actually out of there, and then immediately turned around before the crowd can even register that he had said no or respond like, Cody, come back, no. He j- <sighs> it was so fucking fake. Like and then he comes back. He's like, he's like, my answer is no as EVP. And he comes back. He's like, no regrets. No, I'm like, oh my god. Like, 
It's so funny that you decided to break that throne when that is like the same the same fake emotional shit that Triple H would do in a promo. It's amazing. <laughs> it, it look, NXT AEW, they they're cosplay Ace Factories of their own making. They're so much alike when they in in you know, they're, but they're on different sides now. It's so it's so interesting. So interesting. Amazing. Triple H never picked this up. Oh my god. Just all right, continue. We can get to this shitty pull apart, quintuple pull apart. Go ahead. My yeah. God. Actually, I kind of like the uh, I like the wild brawl that that um, that showed up here. Uh, this Nala was Rose this was not under, this was not Undertaker and Brock Lesnar. This was not just they pull they did so, five uh, pull aparts. Yeah, Eric, like it, it was a it was a riot out there. Get the fuck out of here. Go ahead, run through it. <laughs> so uh, Brody Lee came out, and then the whole locker room uh, emptied and tried to hold him apart. Then Brandy ran in. She hit a flip dive off the post onto the border. Anna Jay then ran in with Brandy. Nala Rose uh, kind of got bumped into on the barricade, jumped the barricade, and started beating up Kylan King. Um, I like that part. Just you know, in chaos. You know, chaos strikes. Autumn wrestles around. You know, somebody gonna swing. Um, then after you know they went through a commercial, the pull apart uh, started, and then Brody like bounced back to the stage and held the uh, TNT belt up. Between Cody and Brody, there were three pull aparts, and then between Brandy and Anna J, there were two pull aparts. They did. A quintuple pull apart segment, and and none of them, none of the four people actually look like they actually want to fuck each other up. It's just like, all right, we just out here doing this. All right, fine. Like we, the, the Cody, once Billy Gunn grabbed a hold of Cody, Cody never moved. Not another, not one more time. I mean, if, time. if Billy Gunn grabbed you, what, what, what you really gonna do? Hey, maybe just maybe don't put Billy Gunn in. <laughs> There's a thought. Oh, so Cash. Like um, he he looked more scared of Billy Gunn that was there to protect him than he was than he was a Brody. <laughs> so they've they've got don't, don't go nowhere. Okay, boss. <laughs> we've got this dog collar match next week. Um, they dropped the the road to the Jericho show. They did like oh, a seven minute uh, build up of the. Uh, program mm -hmm. uh cody, cody doing like a bunch of like narrating and talking on it and uh it's you know it you, he i'll say this about cody he cares about how he's presented yeah he's always going to have the best presentation like of, of anyone he understands this type of stuff i'm like all right um just make sure some of that shit gets spread around a little bit sir because like i think other people can can use that uh so, um, then uh, there was FTR back there. Uh, Cass said they did uh, best friends a favor uh, last week by refusing their challenge. He called the best friends glorified backyard wrestlers because, of course, they're doing the Jim Cornette uh, spiel. Um, and participation trophy guys said that SCU are different and are deserving of a shot. Then uh, Shivani then asked about the Young Bucks. Uh, Dax then said, you know, I, you know, I. He started talking about Dave Meltzer and said, uh, you know, if, if this was Dave, you know, maybe, maybe they can get uh, a title match. So Dave Meltzer officially 
a part of AEW as a shadow character. This, uh, said, this is the point. When you mentioned Dave Meltzer, that was when I, after the, just on the totally insincere Cody promo, the the terrible pull-apart brawl thing, and then mentioning Dave Meltzer on a fucking wrestling show. That was when I messaged y'all, because I watched this um on Saturday, and I was like, hey man, do I, can I... Do I, like, I've never, I don't think I've, I think I may have missed, like, maybe five minutes of it, of all the Dynamite airing, airtime, I think I might miss five minutes of it total. And I asked y'all at that point, because that's like a half hour in, hey, bro, can I just tap out right here? Is this, does this turn around? I asked it because I was like, this is not, this is awful right now. This is bad TV right now. And. So, so, so the Darby t- Allen and Ricky start that, that went out the window? I, I get one good match and then I get three segments of shit. I'm like, okay, like when when is it when is it gonna stop raining on me, please? Uh, so y'all messaged me and said, all right, it, it turns around. So I was like, okay, it did, and it did turn around. So I'm glad I didn't just say forget the show. I'm done. Like <laughs> at that point in time, I had to watch NXT. Um, there was gonna be game three of the finals on Sunday, and I'm. I'm only up to night five on on uh, G1 right now. I so I had to catch. I was trying to catch up. So I was like, yeah. I ain't got time for this shit. Like, if this shit's gonna be bad, then like I need to know now so I can just leave it alone and just move on. So I was in a time crunch. So I had to make decisions, but I stuck with it. It did turn around. Um, uh, but of stars from Dave constitute a title match, maybe the bus and get a shot at some point. Yeah. Uh, so Matt Jackson then came out and super kicked Tony because. Yeah. They're not gonna say it, but um, I think Nick has COVID. Oh, uh, oh, uh, okay. Because so, he's been strangely absent the past couple weeks on BTE on the show, and they've been act, they've been kayfabe been acting like he's there, but he's not. Gotcha. Clearly. So that's interesting. So one thing that I'm going to ask you, right? Has anybody in the history of this fake sport made money drawing as a heel talking about participation trophies? Has anybody ever done it? Because I feel like I hear a promo like this like three or four times a year from somebody that's a heel in WWE or whatever else. And I feel like not a single person has ever drawn doing this. Um... I don't know. Maybe Ronda Rousey? Maybe? maybe. Nah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think I think Miz? with FTR, like nope. FTR, they're, they're institutionalized. I mean, I, I'm not even knocking like the fact that they went for it. It's just like I don't think it's ever worked. So like, you think it'll be the first? <laughs> but um, you got that. And then when you mentioned Meltzer, and you talked about well, maybe you know. Do they keep getting a chance because Dave Meltzer likes his likes their matches? Like, no, no, no heel. Like, they keep getting chances because they do this thing called draw. You <laughs> fucking more. Like, it is like what else is like. I get what you're doing, but your old timey cornet troll heels. Like and it's this, like this cornet would never cornet say this too. about the young bugs because. Like or the equivalent of a young bucks for his time because he's like I'm trying to draw money with these fucking guys in a program. Why would I call them fucking losers? 
So that's why I was like, what are y'all doing? Like, how are you going to cosplay as 80 guys without understanding the reason why 80s guys did the things they did? What the fuck? Because like they're they're WWE factory wrestlers at the at the end of the day, and deep in their heart of hearts, this is who they are. Like good point. these are the people. They have good matches, like, though. like these are the people. Like they grew, they were watching tapes. Like <laughs> like they weren't like you know these these dudes are cosplaying. Like yeah, the the real drawing team, the real old school team amongst them is actually the Young Bucks. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, like. And the best part about it is, like, the Young Bucks are clearly, like, rock and roll, right? And you're supposed to be the Brain Busters. I don't think I could pull up a promo of Tully just shitting on the rock, or shitting on rock and roll as, like, all these guys are fucking losing-ass kids. I don't think that, I don't think he did that. And Tully's right fucking next to you so he can tell you whether or not he did that shit or not. You know, uh, as, as you said, Dak's probably too distracted just staring at Tully in awe. <laughs> So he's in all of them talking, but he don't retain none of the knowledge. Correct. Ain't that a like, bitch? All right. You know, eyes wide, you know. Um. So then after that, Dasha was with SCU. They promised to win uh, the belts, and then Sean Spears is waiting for SCU at the curtain and wished them luck, kind of foreshadowing something that you don't want to see. Scorpio Sky and Sean Spears. Look, Scorp- foreshadowing something you'd never want to see. I don't have a problem with that. Sean, you want to see Sh- is solid. You, you want to see Scorpio Sky wrestle uh, Sean Spears? Because I don't. Yeah, you, you get a, get him a nice win. How about the match? I, I don't have a problem with the match. I I don't look at Sean Spears as no top star or anything. It's like I didn't. I don't he, either. He, I, I I some I'm, guy like to lose to somebody. I'm just saying. Since we bringing up Dave Meltzer on, since he got part of the show, I was told that like the women can't get on TV because they're not as good as Ray Phoenix. Meanwhile, the only way Ray Phoenix is on TV now is as a fucking henchman for Eddie Kingston. So, like, you know, like maybe we could use, maybe I can see, you know, Scorpio Sky versus Ray Phoenix. I would love to see that match. Yeah, Sean Spears, I, I not like as to much. See that too. I like to see that too. Maybe you know you got a, you know, stepping stones. I know. guess so. Um, so after that, uh, Hangman Page joined the commentary desk. I like the shirt uh, that he had. Uh, then we got FCR and SCU, and this was actually pretty good. Um, it was a good ass match. Like uh, you know, like like Frankie. Like I'm gonna keep saying it. Like <laughs> this dude, he's just somebody that's just there. You're never gonna push him. You're never gonna do. You know, this is not the Frank Gazarian, uh, the, like, he's never getting the Joe Coffee story push. Right, Like, right, right. he's never going to, you know, do that. But every time he's in there, it's just going to be solid as fuck. Yep. And I thought FCR, like, actually kind of, like, maximize their act in a way they often don't. Right. Um, Like, it's crazy. Like, if you take away... I was looking through my recommended matches list, right, um, from two that from this year, and FTR has six matches that I would that that six matches on it. And, you know, my my thing is like three and a half, or not, or I'm not putting it on there, right? Like the, if not for, you know, obviously they're ugh, promos, but if not for them laying a, you know, based on expectations, laying an egg. Against Hangman and Kenny, 
you know, they they have good ass matches consistently. Like whether it was um, the match with the Lucha Bros, whether it was the eight man tag that just a you know with the Young Bucks that was just outrageous, whether it's the match with um, uh, Private Party, Which whether it's this match, like. They have good matches, but, like, you know, the way they, you know, obviously they're heels, but, like, the way they talk about themselves is, like, slow your breaks, bro. But, like, y'all really good, but y'all are just Y'all ain't that. great. Like, y'all may even be great, but y'all the best? No. No. <laughs> y'all, but y'all, y'all, y'all may be great. Y'all may be great. Y'all are at least very good, but y'all may be great, but... You know, it you know, it's part of the, nice the 7. stick point whatever. Five, you know, eight out of ten, you know. Yeah. You know, something like that. But yeah. you know, we were reserving these upper numbers uh yes. for, for some other other, you know, gentlemen. Right. That are out like, there. yes, absolutely. So um after that, uh as uh there was a creative finish on this, uh where <laughs> uh, where they pin, where they pin the dude that's supposed to have like they're supposed to be the super winner of the of the click. With the, yeah, with the old eighties, with the old eighties um, cornet finish. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tried to uh, suplex him into the ring, and then they, you know, trip Scorpio Sky, and he stood where the ref couldn't yeah. see him. Gets tripped, uh, turns to a crossbody. The ref is in a position where he doesn't see the person underneath holding the foot underneath the rope. Yeah. So they can't kick yep. because you know you can't get a shoulder up with one f- foot loose to kick. Apparently. So. Um, you know, not only Scorpio Sky had a problem with that, Ultimate Warrior also had a problem with that at WrestleMania 4. Um, <laughs> when he wrestled Ravishing Rick Rude. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of more than Cornette. I knew it was some shitty manager that did that. Yeah, it was Heenan. Okay. So, so um, Hangman's on commentary the whole time making drunken uh, remarks. And uh, <laughs> then they, at the end of the uh, you know match, they flash to Excalibur and he announces an eight man tournament for an AEW world title shot with the finals at full gear. Uh, they announced Jungle Boy, Ray Phoenix, and then Kenny Omega. And then Hangman Page, like, is beside himself in disbelief and shock that Kenny Omega would dare compete as a single. <laughs> So, how many people did they name? Three. Three? So, Heyman's going to end up in this tournament, of course. You would think. Yeah. Like, if I were them, I would would have it to where he's... It was the cheating husband holding on to hope that she's (laughs) not going to divorce my ass and... You know the whole layout is she never gets she's never served me papers she never served me papers she never served me papers and then the papers show up and you and he just loses his shit so in theory is like you know prove you gonna leave me by beating me in a match yeah <laughs> so I can see that being the full gear uh you know number one contendership match I can see that any versus Hangman there. I can see I that. Could go for that. I could. I could see that as, as the finals. Um, I hope Ray Phoenix gets Russell Kenny along the way. Uh, they mentioned Jungle Boy and Ray Phoenix. Uh, can we? Can who we else turn it? Do you can we, think? Can we make that? Um, can we make that a triple A mega championship match? I see. So I don't know. Like, if you can defend a belt within tournament play, I, I don't know the, the AEW rules on that. However, um, why not? Yeah, I mean, when's the last time that's been defended? Has Kenny ever defended that belt? 
Yes, he's defended it th- uh, against Dragon Lee. He's defended oh, right. it against um, Laredo Kid. He's also defended against Sammy Guevara and Jack Evans. I don't um, remember. I only remember hearing. I only remember hearing about the Dragon Lee match. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. So uh, the Sammy Guevara match was like very early in the pandemic. Super okay. empty arena. Okay. Um. So, who else uh, you think should tr- get a berth in this thing? Oh, man. I think um, it hasn't really, you know, got used. Like, Jungle Boy, they're clearly, you know, a young guy get in there. Maybe you steal uh, an upset and you lose in the second round. Ray Phoenix, yeah, we haven't used you, but we know you're phenomenal. So, uh, we're going to put you in here. Uh, um, I'd throw a Pentagon in there um, as well. Probably um, on the other score. side of the bracket uh, that yeah. Phoenix is on yeah. or away from. So you do like Pentagon and Hangman Page in the first round? Well, I wouldn't even think. I'm just saying the people I would want to see in the thing. That's really, um, you know, I, I, I would say MJF wouldn't be in it because, you know, he's probably going to end up, you know, wrestling Sammy on the way to Jericho or something like that. But, um, no, Cage. Um, I'm trying to think of people that they could beat. Uh, I like your idea of like um, the like um, since we have Ray in there, you have Penta, and then both of those guys essentially wrestle Hangman and Kenny on different sides of the bracket at some point. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'd have to look at it closer, but like, I, you know, I, I would like to see. You know, Ray Phoenix fucking utilize. Oh, he's already been a late name, so cool. Like, also put Pentagon in there. And we can go from there. Maybe tr- help. Maybe Trent. Trent, how about Miro? Yeah, yeah. Like if you like, you know, I think Miro said he wanted to do Russell Kenny, right? Yeah. Yeah, their match right there, and that can be some. You know, they'll have a good ass match. Finals, maybe. Yeah. Um, like if, especially if you want to like really get Miro over and kind of like get him away from. Hell, book all the Kip Sabian stuff. Hell, book him versus Kip in round one. Destroy <laughs> Kip. Uh, Jungle Boy fights fucking. Um, I'll put Jungle Boy in the bottom for this case, I guess. Damn. Yeah, that throws a wrench. Have Pentecost um, murder him. Murder who? Jungle Boy. Oh, yeah, yeah, you can do that. You can do Pentagon and Jungle Boy in the first round. You can do Hangman and whoever Hangman can fight. Kip. Um, or, hell, do Ray Phoenix. Have have Hangman fight both of the... Um, uh, well, no, I'm trying to get to the... Fuck, I'm trying to get to the Kenny and uh, Phoenix match. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you don't want to do that in round one, do you? I, yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, if someone's going to lose, what difference does it make? Yeah. You lose in the first round or the second round. Yeah, yeah. Someone's got to uh, main event this do, bitch, right? Yeah. Do do uh, Omega and Phoenix, Kip and Miro, Hangman and um, uh, Pentagon, oh, or excuse man. me, Hangman or Jungle Boy and Pentagon, <laughs> and then Hangman and we need to find a guy for Hangman. I, I can't wait till we till this show's uploaded, so I can go through and find out how how many minutes we fell down this fantasy booking rabbit hole. Unbelievable! It's been at um, least five minutes. <laughs> how about man, Joey Janela? 
Yeah, Janelle can come out here and lose. There ain't enough for him to come out here and lose. Yeah. <laughs> That's all you do. Joey Janela or yeah, I don't I wouldn't put Darby in. Oh, hold on. What bracket it look, as long as Janela and Kip Sabian are in different sides of the bracket. <laughs> they are. Okay. Alright. <laughs> Toxic. Keep them away or, from each other. Or maybe Matt Hardy. When is he gonna be cleared? I don't know. You can come out here and lose losing round one to uh Hangman. So anyway, I'm I'm pretty excited about this tournament. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see it. So, um, then we got Chris Jericho and Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, and this uh, I really like this match. I thought the um the finish like this man uh, Isaiah Cassidy sells the juice effect like no no other at this point. Uh, Jericho gave Cassidy a ton in this match, and he was flying around. And this is like. Isaiah Cassidy's like second singles match ever or first, huh. and it's against Chris Jericho. Huh. Amazing in itself. Um, what did you think of this one, James? Um, good match. Um, didn't love it. Thought it was okay. Um, good match though. Sloppy. Um, especially Isaiah Cassidy's flying. Like he he almost killed himself twice. Um. But yeah, like, um, I think is I think that's now a Jericho spot where he wrestles a young guy and he has a young guy do the lion salt to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Jungle, Jungle Boy, Boy did, did Jungle Boy do that to him? Yes. Yeah. So um, he hasn't done it a bunch of times, but does the second time I, I remember him doing it. Um, but yeah, like it's a good look or whatever else. Um, right person won. Um, I think Jericho's to- is really. He's really on the edge of a knife right now, with like, and, and like oh, the other side is washed. Like he's really, he's really <laughs> doing a, a brilliant balancing act on like doing just enough to not look washed while being real close to being washed. Like I think Jericho has tiptoed in like all throughout this year. He's tiptoed in between excellence and then like washedness. Like <laughs> and he's gone like back and forth throughout the year. Like the first Orange Cassidy match. Greatness, right? Uh, the Moxley match, greatness, right? Uh, Stadium Stampede, greatness. Um, even though that's like a you know gimmick match or whatever, but um, then on the other side of the coin, um, <laughs> him and Orange Cassidy in the rematch, wash, right? <laughs> the the fuck Orange mimosa Cassidy match, all out, wash. What match at or- what match at all out? Uh, the mimosa, him and Orange Cassidy, right? Yeah, right. like. A lot of that is due to the the gimmick just being a fucking liquid tables match, but yeah, yeah. Um, then you know him in uh, in that street fight uh, where him and Sammy I think wrestled against Kenny and Matt Hardy. That was awesome. Like so, he's like, it's weird with him. So, <laughs> but yeah, look out for that to continue. I'd imagine. Yeah, like it's. He's not washed, but I'm just saying, like, I feel like he will be washed real soon. Or not soon, but, like, he'll be washed. No, not not real soon, but he'll be washed soon. It's imminent. The the shower has been going a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That boy is almost wet. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, during the match, a part we didn't mention, Jericho uh, got sent over the barricade where he was right in front of Luther. Uh, Then Luther, you know, and Jericho got into it and started running it. Yes. And then after the match, 
Uh, we got Luther and Jericho facing off with Hager and uh, Luther's uh, homeboy Serpentico. And then we find out later on that these guys will be wrestling each other uh, next week. So Jericho for his 30 years wrestling his buddy. So, um, so no problem with that. Um, how do they set wants- this up where MJF like kidnaps Serpentico and kidnaps Guevara, dresses up Guevara as Serpentico again, but in a way to where uh, Guevara cannot let Hager or Jericho know that he is Sammy again, and they beat up Serpentico, but it's actually Sammy. But it's MJF because obviously, like, he didn't give him a jacket for a reason. Like, that's clearly yeah. going to be some match to build up towards the eventual Jericho MJF pay per view match. So, like, yeah. how do they put. I feel like that's at play. Like they they don't do they don't they're not just gonna pull Serpentico out of this out. They're not gonna like when did well, they ever put that Serpent- on dynamite? Well, Serpentico and Luther have been teaming all together on Dark for months and winning every match. That's they're a regular team. They have a tag team name. Right, but my I, I get that Jericho might want to work with him. However, if the main thing is to get tours on pay per view eventually, Jericho versus MJF. I don't think that relates into this. I think that it, I'm saying that I think that it could and like using the Serpentico gag that you did with Sammy to get in a circle to beat the fuck out of Serpentico unbeknownst mm-hmm. to themselves is actually Sammy would be a great fucking swerve. Yeah. That, you just got to figure be, out how to do it because Sammy you got to make it sure it's like, well, why don't you just tip them? yourself off? Like maybe like Weiss. it's Sammy and Serpentico or sorry, maybe, uh, sorry. They, you know, they just see Serpentico out there, you know, somewhere, and they catch him slipping, and they just beat him up, and was backs turned backstage, and then it turns out like, oh, that's actually Sammy, but he couldn't say anything because he was like his mouth was duct taped, he was drugged or something. I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't even yeah. do a drug gimmick in 2020. I don't know. You know, like that, it, clearly Sammy would not consent to that, but I don't know. I don't know. But there's something at play there that is like someone someone that thinks about this and kick this around a little bit longer than I, for, than I am right now could like make this work. They could make this work. Yeah. Um, they did a, uh, on, on that same uh, thing, the second half of that road to Jericho, Jericho basically talked about the history with him and Luther. Uh, it was about a seven minute package or whatever. Where did they Pretty first good. wrestle? Check it out. They wrestled for the first time in 1991. I don't know what promotion it was. Okay. Um, but they go back to you know Canada, Japan, South Africa, Germany. They wrestle each other tons of times. So speaking of South um, African wrestling, is 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 Caitlyn still is Caitlyn still the women's champion of Africa? South African? No, 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 no. My joke's better. Is she, is she still the wrestling the women's wrestling champion of Africa of the motherland? <laughs> You know, because when I think of Africa... You know. I think of Caitlyn, right? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I remember when I saw oh. that shit like two years ago, I was like, wait, what? It's hard, hard out here, man. They had, had to take him to the motherland to get booked. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> <laughs> Holy See, shit. See, this is why we always go through these run-throughs before we start recording. It's like, 
right, we gotta cover this, this, and this. It'll be two hours. It'll be like a two-hour show. It always goes like damn near three hours because it's shit like this. We always, yep. yeah, we, we can't be reined in. We just can't. Yep, yep. Uh, the Miro and Kipper at arcade and uh, asked in the wrong place for Sabian's bachelor party. Man, I'm telling you, if, if Kip Sabian's bachelor party is any indication, this, that shit whack. I hope my shit way better than that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Miro was upset because he wanted to have a Rome Springer bachelor party, but he can't because of the pandemic. What the fuck is a Rome Springer? Well, he described it. It's basically like... Um when Amish kids go on like a something approaching a spring break where they go crazy for like a into the real world for like a week or whatever the length of time is, I don't know the length of time. And then after they go into that world, they come back and they decide on whether or not they're going to, um, I don't want to say join normal population, but like, you know, assimilate into normal, normal, not normal, but American culture or continue the Amish way of life. That's what Rom Springer is. It was like, you go out there and you go nuts. Ah. Gotcha. So, then all of a sudden, um, Billy Milch- Mitchell offered to help throw uh, Kip Sabian a great bachelor party. Um, he's a legendary arcade player. Uh, if you didn't know who Billy Mitchell was, uh, it was lost on you. But if you did, I hear it was a um, quite a cameo. Yeah, so me, I was told that I was like, "Who the fuck yeah, is this guy?" Same, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I saw, uh, I ended up uh, YouTubing him. He has a one video with like thirty-one million views, and then like every other video is like less than three hundred thousand. But it's like whatever. Like if it made people pop, also, whatever. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. JPEG Mafia was um, with Darby Allen cutting his promo in his video package um, ahead of time, so that was uh, interesting to see. Um, so after that, we got Orange Cassidy against ten. This was eh. You're overexposing him. He doesn't need to be wrestling every other week or even or every you know. He needs to be wrestling like maybe three times every eight weeks. Only thing I could I can think of, and even you maybe have been able to book something else besides this. Even is they did get shuffled around uh, in that that taping schedule with the thing. So um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know who is available or who's not available there. Yeah. Um, then of course we got the segment we've been alluding to throughout the show. MJF from Warlow showed up uh, to Inner Circle. He had jackets for everyone but Sammy Guevara, and he apologized profusely. Um, I imagine this was not a mistake. This is a way to sow um, some type of split between either Sammy and Jericho. Sammy doesn't want to trust this guy, uh, but Jericho kind of clearly wants to work with MJF. MJF clearly wants to work with Jericho, but neither of them want to bend the knee for the other. And um, I don't know. Maybe this is like uh, you know some some good old usurping of the inner circle about to go on and. Uh, eventually, you know, you can't have Sammy Guevara in there with, with him at the same time. So if, if Sammy and Jericho end up getting kicked out, maybe MJF is running the inner circle. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Um, there's a lot of stuff they could play with. A lot of stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to break up inner circle just yet. Um, so in my mind, I kind of have it, you know, focused on this is going to build towards some type of 
Jericho MJF um, pay per view match. So I imagine you get the Sammy MJF, you know, young Mick Carter's match on TV. MJF wins after having a, a great showing, and it just it furthers from there. Um, I, I mean, whatever they do, whatever they're whatever they're headed towards so far is working pretty well because their interactions are just very good every single time. They're four for four now. Then up next, we got the return of the legendary, the great, the face of the AEW Women's Division. Dr. Britt Baker is back, and it's been so long since we've seen her. Last time she wrestled had to be in, like, May, like, in an mm-hmm. actual ring. Like, <laughs> so... Was it uh, May? Like, the week, it, week before Double or Nothing. It might have been okay. even April. Yeah, Shit. I was thinking it's April. Um, Yeah, so uh, she fought Red Velvet. This is the best Red Velvet has looked uh, before she was just getting squished on Dark. Uh, Britt Baker looked very aggressive and she looked good here as well um she got uh some type of curb stomp that she did but i don't think they timed it right something went wrong but uh i don't know if she's going to use the real curb stomp or that version that she did so she now has an impact finish to go along with the lock jaw yeah so you mentioned that this was the best this is the best that uh red velvet had you've ever seen her look this was my first time ever seeing red velvet and um, I'm glad we were doing this show because that just reminded me to go to Instagram and follow. <laughs> so just did that. Just press the button just now. So um, I'm not a person that really hits up Instagram that often, but you know, um, and the off chance, you know, that once or twice a week that I actually go on Instagram. Hopefully, I'll see whatever she has to post on her uh, wrestling journey. Yes. Yes. You yeah. Know, we were all about the support. Yes. Know, here at uh, ONR, you know. Yes. Uh, yeah, if you gentlemen, you know, we encourage you to, uh, to also uh, be like James and, and go ahead and uh, uh, follow Sister Red Velvet uh, on there. So um, they announced next week, of course, Hager and Luther against, uh, or excuse me, Hager and Jericho against Luther and Serpentico, Will Hobbs and Brian Cage for the FTW title, Cody and Brody Lee for the TNT title in a dog collar match. Um, so they're loading up. Uh, for the Jericho show, and I imagine they've they've been promoting the Jericho 30-year stuff very well all over so- social media with all these random pictures of people that Jericho's been involved with throughout his career. I saw a really cool picture of him and Ultimo Dragon uh, were together. kind of gave me hope that there's an outside chance that Ultimo Dragon shows up in some form, whether it's a video or, you know, somehow he's in the country, I don't yeah. know. Uh, but yeah, they had him and him wrestling Arn Anderson, and Arn works there. Uh, we talked about it on the show last week all the cool kind of things yeah. they can do. So uh, I can't wait. Well, well there's yeah. Um, you had also mentioned the Ultimo Dragon reference, and, I, and it made me think. Well, you know, since New Japan Pro Wrestling apparently does not want to do business, maybe just maybe <laughs> we should open up the gate. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, like. K- KYZ, come through. Ben K, come through. Why not? Look, you, you mean more fast athletic uh, wrestling, you know, that's going on? I mean, and AEW already has Shima in the full. Get well, Shima, who got an accident on his bicycle. I didn't know that. Um, wow. Yep. Yeah, so, 
uh, Shima, uh, you know, we, that's already, you know, I, I would like a nice, you know, AEW and Dragon Gate, uh, you know, working relationship, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, do, look, get man. Get some fast-paced athletic right. wrestling. Like, well, like, bro, like, I, don't know, I don't know this, but, like, I, I'd have to look at the cage match, but, like, is is that's what is that what Pac is doing during uh, quarantine? He's like, I, I'm not I'm not coming over there. Oh, no. I'll go to Japan, though. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe that is, like, that disgusting country? No. No, no, no. I'm going to Japan. <laughs> so, um, Eddie Kingston came out with Penta and Ray Phoenix and Bryce Rensburg. Uh, he basically said he cut a promo about uh, Moxley and wrestling him for the title. He said he never tapped, but clearly he was dead to rights. Um, he said Moxley went to Tony Khan or his TK, as the ass kisses call him. He got an open contract this week. Yeah. Uh, Kingston said before he reveals Moxley's opponent, he had to ask Remsburg why he called for the belt last week. Remsburg said they go way back and they're friendly, but when they're at work, it's Remsburg's job to protect Kingston from himself. Um, they were going to whoop that ass, but all of a sudden, uh, Moxley's music hit, and it played, and it played, and it played. And then Moxley came out for the save with a barbed wire baseball bat. They could have put Bryce Rensburg out of his misery. Luckily, they didn't. Um, so, well, okay, to be fair, what, by the time we saw Moxley, he was in a light jog to, to you know, save Rensburg. <laughs> But what I I guess what my real thing is you know given how you said how we used to always talk about Mox or Dean Ambrose being a a a vagrant who is hitchhiking from town to town to get to wherever he was because that is what in fact in kayfabe what they were doing with him like right. and we've seen every time we've seen Moxley we've seen him basically pull up on the stadium or the arena every time like you know. Like them long distance trips from from Vegas and back walking, like you know, you gotta time yeah. them out, bro. Like you know, yeah, maybe it was yeah. like, look, we can afford to we can afford to cut him some slack for being like you know ten seconds late. True, that is a long walk, and he's carrying that belt. He had a weapon, he was and he had a yep. weapon, and he had the the, the uh, barbed wire bat. Yep, sure did. So carrying those those heavy, you know, um, I I had to do the uh, the time. Uh, the, the the walking distance from Vegas to um, uh, Daly's place and see how long that trip actually takes him. That's like a week. month. That's like a month. Amazing. This man's bending time around his free will. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Not just a wrestler of the year. Who who knew he could do this? Oh um, my god. So instead of Phoenix or Pentagon being the opponent, uh, the opponent was my man, Big Butch, the Butcher. So. <laughs> Uh, Big Butch showed up, uh, had the apron on and, and the white jeans, and then he began whooping John Moxley's ass. And I like this match, of course. I'm a big fan of the Butcher. And, uh, yeah, he ended up losing, and I think he tapped. Uh, he beat him with the, uh, yes, yes, he hit him with the bully choke, the same bully choke yep. in front of uh, that it, Kingston didn't tap out to. He did it right in front of Kingston and looking at him while choking out his, his, uh, his henchman. Yeah. Yeah, they did um, a lot of body part work. They uh, did some, like, uh, Butcher did some single leg crabs and different type of submission moves. So it was like these guys really wanted to kind of do a cool match. I imagine they wanted to work with each other. Butcher, random challenger to fight on TV. No problem with this. Uh, like I said, I'm Mark for the Butcher. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a good match. It, it, it wasn't nothing to like, write home about, but it was a good little match. Don't want to say it kind of saying like it was a good match, but it was like I don't know what I was expecting, but I probably expected something 
bigger than Moxley versus the Butcher for a main event of Dynamite, but you know, like I'm trying to think what um like I don't understand why FTR versus um versus SCU could have been the main event. I think that could have been the main event. They they were one of the few segments to lose viewers. Like <laughs> really, uh, I think they lost uh, the first part of it and then they gained this the second part. Well, you gotta like, keep in mind, like game. it, you know, it's also NBA Finals game going on at that time at nine o'clock. Whenever you know, so it's you know, that's that's yeah. also so another Rick- thing with it. It was that that whatever the rating was, like people were leaving um, at nine o'clock. Yeah, I, I tuned in and went. Over to uh, I didn't even watch, I didn't even watch, watch the first hour. I'm even going to do that. Like I don't, I don't I'm not going to stop in the middle of a show and then you know watch it. Nah, I was going to wait and watch it later. Morning and, and I, I was pleasantly surprised how much I enjoyed it uh, watching the second half in the morning. But okay, um, yeah, well, I bet so, every, I bet everything uh, yeah, is like, great like when you go up two one in a in a final series. You're like this is great. At that, at that time, it was one zero. Oh, okay. At that time, it was, okay. it was we right. just beat the you're hell right. out of them. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I'm forgetting the the time frame on it. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I didn't know if there was anything else. Um, where are we at? We're at two eighteen. Um, we're we're like four because night nine of the G one started, or was this morning or whatever else. Um, so we got some catching up to do over the next week or yeah, two weeks or whatever more. else. Um, <laughs> and, um, stardom, as far as stardom, um, they had a Corgan Hall last Monday. Um, they had three really good matches, three matches I'd recommend. I'd say check out the, um, Starlight Kid and Saya Ida versus Micah and Hameka match. That was more or less like... Mike and 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 Hameka's like warm up match to get them ready for their tag title match at the Yokohama show on Saturday. Um, then they did um, top three of Queen's Quest: Momo, Utami, and Azumi versus Takumi Aroha, uh, May Hoshizuki, and Ren Katakura. Uh, basically, two of Marvelous's young girls. And they had a trios match, a great match. Um, a lot of people are what giving it four and a on? half. Sorry, what show was this on? This was um, the twenty eighth of September. It was month last Monday. I will have to seek that out because I enjoy some Takumi Aroha. So the story in this match is uh, is funny. The pre match promo. Um, Momo's first match and um, her debut match was November of two thousand fourteen. So, um, at that point, she's like 15, she's 15. Um, her first match ever was against Takumi, um, before Takumi left for to do what she's doing now. Um, but yeah, so that was, so they, they touched on that during the promos. Uh, Takumi made a funny joke about how, like, yeah, I was in her debut match and it pointed out, like. Do you ever do you know what Momo's old gimmick was? Her original gimmick was. I think she was wearing like all white before or something, right? She was wearing white and uh, mostly white, and then like uh, green and and and, and, and orange, and like she was a 
like a youth league baseball player. That was her gimmick. And she would she would come down to the ring with like a plastic baseball bat and a plastic baseball and get into the ring and knock knock it out of the ring into the stands. Like it was it was just like Play ball. Yeah. So Takumi's like I remember when I used to you know I had her debut match and then she makes this and then she makes this like baseball bat swinging motion is like oh you size it i like this so much right. um, meanwhile jungle kiona comes to the ring with a gun like- right 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 so <laughs> i don't know why you said it like that meanwhile it's like i was with a gun <laughs> so you know, anyway the cute cuddly baseball player meanwhile she's bringing the strap out yeah. here ready to shoot <laughs> he's stupid so, um, so the match is the match pretty much set up in much of Queen Quest's top three faction or fashion, where it's like they all pair off. So, uh, Miss Takumi versus Momo at part at points. It's Utami versus Rin Katakura, who's um, she's like twenty seven. Um, she, I guess, she on the way out. He's stupid. Um, and then it, and then it's a high speed battle between Azumi and Mei Hoshizuki or Hoshizuki, and like that's all at play. But like Azumi versus Takumi, uh, Momo versus Takumi is, is just great when they have their exchanges. Um, the high speed battle is great while they have exchanges. Like it's it's just a really great match. A lot of people giving it four and a half. I I probably give it four, but you know. Um, and then the main event of it is uh, the red belt champion Mayu and the white belt challenger Tam versus the white belt champion Julia and the red belt challenger Shuri. And mm. they have a they have a main event um, match, and it's as good or better than um, the match I was just describing. Um, but I, I gave it the same rating. They're both, I give them both fours. They're just, <laughs> they're just like Julia and Tam. Like, <clears throat> I think this is like their fourth or fifth four star match between two singles matches and tags where they just beat the shit out of each other because they hate each other. Like, it is really, I, I don't, you know, um, it, it's really remarkable. Like, as far as, in ring, I I think they're probably the the most um, decorated um, feud this year. But like, it, they're they're really convincing it, like believing that those two hate each other's fucking guts. Um, but anyway, like, it's really good. That, you know, the white belt exchanges, the red belt exchanges, the interplay of Tam versus um, Shuri was was very good as well. Um, yeah, just a great match. Um, and then on Saturday, they had the Yokohama show, which is what at worst, the second biggest show in Stardom's history. Um, the show will be up late to Stardom World at some point, but it was put on pay-per-view. So there's going to be some type of blackout period. Right. Right. Um, however, that show is going up on Samurai TV come Saturday. So you got the access to Samurai, right? Yep, we all do. 
So, so um, I will watch that at some point over the weekend, and I will I'll report back to that uh, with y'all with the review for that. Um, and I they I saw also a picture of Kyrie with uh, Rossi come out over the weekend. Okay, um, so I haven't because I I've stayed away from the Kyrie stuff because like I don't know if any of that is involved with stardom over this weekend. So I just stayed a far away. Cause I don't want to be spoiled anything. Um, Kyrie's back in Japan. Now she's moved back officially. She, um, is going by Kyrie Sane, which is lets you know, like she is still getting this good check from WWE. Um, Imagine. she's not, she's not Kyrie Hojo again. She is Kyrie Sane still. Um, and she said that she is going to continue her career as a wrestler. Um, given, you know, what happened when, when, when Rossi sold stardom to, um, Bushi Road, we have not seen not one WWE, uh, contract performer that used to come to stardom all the time. We have not seen one of them come back to stardom since we have not seen Viper. We have not seen, um, Zia, Zia Lee. We have not seen Tony Storm. And quite frankly, I'd be surprised if we do see Kyrie, but I wonder what she's going to do um, because the NXT uh, Japan thing um, in the middle of a pandemic that I, when is that ever going to get off the ground? Uh, she oh, mentioned like she wanted to be a wrestler, loser. so I'm assuming she's going to just be a high level freelancer for everywhere but stardom for the uh, uh, for about a year or change, and then she retires and then. You know, once we're past the pandemic, maybe she does. She is a head trainer or something. Somebody in charge on a major level for NXT Japan. Because I don't think they're done with it. But I just think like right now, you can't get that off the ground um, without you know, <laughs> without actually having a game plan. Which you know, what was last year around this time, um, they, they didn't have no a game plan. plan. Right. So. Um, and I damn sure don't imagine them having a game plan now. There's a pandemic because they don't even have a game plan on the mainland half the time uh, uh, during the pandemic. So um, we'll see what what she does. Um, whatever she does, I will be watching and I will be reporting on it. Uh, <laughs> reporting like I'm re- like I'm an actual journalist, but like I will be reviewing it and letting y'all know. Like check out this match in this federation when she does X, Y, and Z with whoever. Um, there are a lot of dream matches for her to do. Um, a lot of them still. Oh, Kyrie Sane versus Riho. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think where they would. Well, I wonder where they would do that at. They can't do it in stardom. Yeah. At least I don't think they can do it in stardom. Can't do it in AEW. <laughs> no, damn sure can't. Hell no. Like, we ain't sued. Soon into oblivion. Um, yeah. But, uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. So after, um, the Do night. Fire the Pro. Day- Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> fire Pro. Um, so the day after the, uh, the Yokohama show, they had a show in Nagoya. Um, and so, like, that'll be up. So, like, we'll have two, sh- I'll have, we'll have, uh, two shows to talk about for stardom, um, next weekend. Um, and it seems that like they're only doing weekend shows for the rest of this month. So like it's pretty much Saturday, Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, Sunday Saturday, Sunday for the whole rest of this month. Um, mm-hmm. Tag League starts this coming weekend. So that'll be what we'll be talking about in two weeks. But yeah, 
That's where we are. Yeah. I think they have two Cork and Hall shows this month. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess that will do it uh, for this week. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to make the show next week, y'all, but I am getting married. If you um, y'all want to go ahead and hit me on the cash app, go ahead. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so uh, I don't know if I'll be here next week, but a week after a chance I'll be back. I'm supposed to have, like, another, like, weekend that's kind of, you know, spoken for later this month. So this will be a word month, but I know for sure, like, in November, like, it'll be uh, – I'll be back 100% on here and also – Getting ready. We got year end stuff like about to start creeping up. We're gonna have to start compiling lists uh, yeah. and celebrating this wretched year. I did. I did not want to think about that until like, look, just get me past the G one, and then I'll start thinking about compiling lists and going through for best of O and R stuff twenty twenty. Just get me. Just let me get past the G one, and then I'll worry about all that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Let's see it. It's pretty much in the show. Be sure to read us on whatever app you're using to listen to this. Tell the folks about the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Be sure to visit ProWrestlingTees.com slash Social Suplex and pick up some official Social Suplex Podcast Network merchandise. And be sure to check out the other shows on the network. On Sundays, we have One Nation Radio. On Tuesdays, we have Keeping It Strong Style. On Wednesdays, we have the Ricky and Clyde Wrestling Podcast. On every other Wednesday, we have Grumman Watch This Shit. On Thursdays, we have the Grave Consequences Podcast. On Fridays, we have 8-Bit Suplex. And on Saturdays, we have All Things Elite. Thanks for listening. Later. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.